Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Tabua. Tabua. Aub. <laughs> what about Aub? Safula. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? There's local politics, bud. Don't go over the rules. It'll take forever. Let's just get to the draft. Let's get the pumping. I got a little taco meat on my chest. It's going to be fun. We, we, in the, we in the fig. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm screaming, too. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? <laughs> I am. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday, first day of ECU football practice this fall camp. Talk a lot about that coming up the next three hours right here on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. Multitasking. Glenn, I can't do it with the the camera in my face. That's all of a sudden a problem. I can't do it. Uh, No cameras. Turn the cameras off. We are on, I'm joking, 1250, 930, online, pr927fm.com. And you can watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. We are there. You can find the Brian Bailey Show there, practice interviews, all of our great content available on YouTube, on Pirate Radio TV, and if you follow us on Facebook. All right, coming up on today's show... We will talk to Scooter, Scott Rogers. He will join us here to get you ready for the upcoming Little League Softball World Series, the epicenter of all things Little League Softball right here in our backyard in Greenville, North Carolina. And Scott Rogers will join us to talk about that and more coming up in about 25 minutes or so. The voice Jeff Charles joins us coming up today at 4 o'clock at around 4.30. We'll talk to Patrick Mason from the Daily Reflector, talk Pirate Football also who won, who lost the MLB trade deadline. We'll talk about that as well. And in Hour 3, Stephen Igo is here. We've got our position previews rocking and rolling. We'll talk linebackers today. Bruce Bivens, Aaron Ramsour out. Xavier Smith, Miles Berry are your veteran captains there. What's behind those guys? We'll talk about it all with Stephen Igo in the 5 o'clock hour. So that's on tap. Uh, and a whole lot more coming up on this Wednesday. Shirley Rhodes. CJ Schaefer, the big dog, and to my left, Chandler Honeycutt, all here on this Wednesday. What's up, guys? What's up, Chandler? What's up, buddy? You doing all right? I'm great, man. Good. Football's here. First day of practice. First day of practice. What is that right there? That is a fresh cut sheet. What is that right there? With Mike Houston cuts that we're going to get to in mere moments. And we are pumped up for some Pirate Football 2022. Uh, Glenn, Jenny, the folks were out there earlier today on the practice field and uh and great to see it back man great to see it back yep uh guys are all moved in the first day of practice is in the books a very positive mike houston i think with the uh videos that you can see on our pirate radio social media platforms uh a positive mike houston on day one of practice day two coming up tomorrow and uh yeah can't wait to hear from uh the head coach mike houston coming up in the program and Mike Houston, this has come a long way from Mike Houston saying years ago that his team has to learn how to practice. I still remember those comments. Yeah. Well, uh, we are, you know, we light years away from that and in a very good spot heading into 2022. Let's hear some comments to kick off today's show, Shirley, from Mike Houston. Let's hear what he had to say uh, first up. All right. Day day one in the books. Okay. Um, 86 degrees. Humidity came out for us. So it was a good. uh, 
good first day as far as prep for what we're going to see in the month of September. Um, thought we came out, we had great enthusiasm. Uh, thought you had some older guys that just had you know exceptional effort. Uh, and, you know, great examples of how we want to play. Um, you know, lots of things to to work on. It's day one, so we did a lot of things that uh, you know have to be corrected, but a lot of positives too. But uh, just a, a very motivated. Uh, I thought we had strong leadership. Um, just a you know very solid first day. All right, uh, opening comments there from Mike Houston. Uh, Holt Naylor's has to gel with those wide receivers, especially all the new faces there. Mike Houston talked about that process. Well, I mean that's that's what preseason camps for. You know, sort of those guys were with us here this summer, but you know you, you can throw as much as you want to in the summer. You go out there in a competitive setting now, and you got a defense across from them, and you got you know the bullets flying faster and faster. Um, you know, you got to get everybody on the same page, and so I thought they, you know, there's some some really good plays today, and there were some plays where, you know, those guys aren't quite on the same page yet. So day one, uh, I expect that to improve each day. We talked to Isaiah Winstead Monday inside the Delcor Players Lounge, and he said him and Holden have gotten a quick connection, but really more than that, Holden Aylers, uh did the recruiting, hot recruiter, <laughs> to bring in Winstead, almost hand picked. So he's got a connection with him. You got Jalen Johnson. You got the uh, the kid from Duke also. So you've got some new targets. Also, Holden's got to find his security blanket. It's been Tyler Sneed. Who is it now? I mean, C.J. Johnson back on the roster. That's a good thing. Well, Mike Houston talked about him uh, that we'll get to in a moment. But Ryan Jones, uh, the leading pass catcher, uh, returning to this team. Uh, if you had to pick one security blanket for Holden right now, I would say it's Ryan Jones on this roster. No doubt. Uh, led the team in touchdowns last year with five uh, receiving touchdowns. And, yeah, absolutely. And that's crazy to say now, uh, especially a few years ago when tight end was a struggle, especially when it comes to depth. Now you have Ryan Jones. And just like Mike Houston said the other day, do not count out Shane Calhoun. Uh, but I like your pick for maybe that uh, the guy to step in for his uh, for that uh, top target. And we saw Tyler Sneed come out of nowhere early on, but he became a mainstay here at the receiver position. And then you go back to guys like Zay and Justin Hardy, who were record breakers here, Dwayne Harris. So we've had guys in the program that we could count on going into seasons. You hope that Ryan Jones, C.J. Johnson are those guys this year, but we're talking about Isaiah Winstead off the air the other day, Chandler. Could he be – could he have an Andre Allison, Lance Lewis-type impact for a new guy? Come in and be the number one guy. Right away. Hadn't really had that in a long time, Mm-mm. but it has happened before. There is precedent set. So uh, could Isaiah Winstead be that guy? He certainly thinks he can. He's got very lofty goals. What'd he say? 10 to 12 touchdowns. What's his goal? Yeah. A thousand yards was the absolute floor, the minimum. So those are his goals. If he gets those, we're going to have a, a nice passing game. But we've seen it before. Guys have come in, made an impact right away. Absolutely. And, and maybe Isaiah Winstead is that guy. I think back at Lance Lewis and uh, I, 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 Andre Allison's before my time, but I do remember the immediate impact that Lance Lewis had on ECU and a new quarterback for East Carolina, Dominique Davis. Uh, but in this instance, we have a guy that's been here for what, four, almost five years now in Holton Naylor's and uh, brings in Isaiah Winstead. And I know they've been in contact over the summer and offseason workouts. And hopefully that uh, immediate impact happens uh, sooner than later, hopefully uh, September 3rd against the Wolfpack. Andre Allison's first game, Chandler, was at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Hot afternoon day against an ACC opponent. Duke. 
Duke. Andre Allison, did you know that Clip Brock was on the call for that game for WZMB 91.3? ECU versus Duke. The student station. Skip Holtz's first game. Skip Holtz's first game is what it was. And I was high atop Daddy Ficklin Stadium at the very top of the camera deck on the old uh, press box side. They had you on top of the trailer? I was at the very tip top in the in the elements. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was a student radio station. What do you think? We're going to get... We're going to put you on the roof. I, I walked in and sat in Jeff Charles' chair, and he picked me up by the collar. And he talked. said, hey, you jabroni, they're upstairs. What are you jabronis doing here? You're on the roof. And he tossed me uh, out of the press box and kevin monroe said no flags on the field it was a scene man it was a scene andre allison his debut 10 catches 163 yards and a 50 yard touchdown from james pinkney so okay isaiah there's your uh your standard the standard's been how set. many touchdowns did andre have in that game one he had that one 50 uh, okay. yarder 163 yards on 10 catches though what a pr- impressive debut yeah and uh, maybe Isaiah Winstead can have one even maybe even better come September 3rd. All right, uh, let's hear more from Mike Houston. How do you manage the energy with the anxiety of day one of fall camp? Ah, I thought the energy was really good. I mean, I'm sure the anxiety was from some of the guys that's their first time out there. Uh, they just got to follow the leader, you know, that kind of deal. So, But uh, I thought it was a very positive day. Positive, very positive day, Chandler. I was uh, asking CJ, he got back to the studio um from practice today getting some videos which you can see on our social media platforms i asked how practice went and he was like the guys were energetic the guys were loud and pumped and very excited for day one and uh watching those videos uh he wasn't telling a lie so those guys are excited and it's just day one so uh maybe they're ready to roll and come day two how did the team handle the heat mike houston answered that question we got some of them uh, you know, there's so much excitement, you know, and they, and they went up there and you're going so hard. Uh, and then that humidity jumped up about, you know, first 30 minutes in and it started getting some of them. So, but, uh, you know, they pushed through uh, and, you know, the trainers did a great job keeping an eye on them. You know, every once in a while they'd pull a guy for a minute or two, but, you know, everybody finished practice. Uh, so it didn't have any major issues, but uh, certainly, you know, it's different going out there running with nothing on. And now all of a sudden you throw on those rock solid pads, you throw on your helmet and, throwing the jersey and you know it's a competitive deal so you're going a little bit harder a little bit faster so uh yeah something it's they gotta acclimate uh yeah it will be a hot one when they kick it off against nc state on september 3rd one month away from that a hot one today in eastern north carolina it's been pretty brutal and now the players are out there in those elements mike houston uh, cut five shirley talks about the older players now in coaching position uh in position groups in day one and, you know, we talked about that um, week before last, uh, you know, right at the end of our summer training, our leadership council, which is 16 guys, you know, there's, there's at least one from each position group. And, you know, we talked about, you know, that, that first year, those guys didn't have that leadership. You know, there wasn't anything like that. You know, it was the coaches out there, you know, kind of, you know, like you're trying to push them along kind of deal. But, uh, you know, we, we're fortunate to have strong leadership in our locker room and, and those guys embraced that. We talked about uh, not only doing that on the practice field, but you know how you know their their demeanor in the locker room, how they're talking in the locker room, staying positive, staying focused on the things that are important, uh, keeping the main thing the main thing, you know that kind of stuff. And so uh, it's you know it, it's a completely different program. We talked about it a lot, but uh, that's the way you want it. 
All right, Mike Houston, let's hear one more, Shirley, about what he wants to see specifically day one of fall camp. Well, I mean, I, I want to see our ones executed at a very high level. You know, our first and really our second group because the second group is full of a lot of guys that I would, I would call ones. So, you know, I expect those guys to function at a real high level. Um, you know, I want to see us improve daily, you know, as we, as we move from practice to practice. And that's, you know, when you have an older guy that maybe isn't quite up to the standard, now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hard on him. I'm pretty, pretty direct with him uh, because they all embrace what we want to be. And so, you know, I want to see them execute at a high level and I want to see them improve. Now, when we get in pads, you know, I want to see them compete against each other. And, you know, we're going to do a lot of things with those first, couple, those first two groups. We're going to do a lot of things throughout preseason camp where it's going to be game situations, highly competitive, live drills. Um, and I think, you know, we're not going to overdo it, but we're going to do it enough to where we're prepared for that game one. Mike Houston, you can tell he's fired up to get back out there on the football field. And uh, and ECU practice is officially here. So we will be covering it here at Pirate Radio on the radio side of things, of course. But also make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. We'll have it all covered for you this August as we lead into what's going to be a fun September with four home football games never heard of that before coming at you fast yep to start the 2022 season it's crazy all right more mike houston coming up later on in today's show uh jeff charles will join us at four o'clock and i know he'll talk about this but the uh passing of the legendary vin scully who of course uh was the voice of the dodgers but man also called uh other you know national sporting events big moments the kirk gibson home run hank aaron's famous home run uh got some of those calls for you but also uh i learned today that he did golf i mean he was a an announcer's now uh, announcer and just the stories he told the way he handled it solo in the dodgers booth i mean just uh just a legend and uh we'll have jeff charles talk more about it his memories of vin scully uh the famous Dodgers announcer uh, who passed away last night at the age of 94. And uh, we got a couple of comments. How about uh, Chandler doing some, I guess, producing along with Shirley Rhodes to get these comments uh, for us? It was was a production request that I put in this morning. Yeah. uh, Finding out last night that Vince Scully had passed away. Of course, Twitter was flooded with some content or a lot of content of, of Vince Scully. And one of the videos I, I came across was his final send-off as the voice of the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. And I thought it was a, a pretty good uh, a pretty good message from the legendary Vince Scully. So uh, I thought we would play that. All right. Well, let's hear it. You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a 67-year career in baseball, and they've wished me a wonderful retirement with my family. And now, all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. For every problem, life seems a faithful friend to share. For every sigh, a sweet song and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. 
So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be. All right, Vin Scully, and uh, it reminds me of turning on MLB The Show. I don't know, remember the year, a year or two ago, and you'd turn it on, and first thing you'd hear was, it's time for Dodger Dodger Baseball. Baseball. And, like, it never got old. Just just awesome stuff. Uh, You also, we got some of his calls as well. Yeah. Let's hear uh, some famous calls from the late, great Vin Scully. Charlie Rhodes. Scully there. I've watched one of those, and that was the Kirk Gibson home run. Yeah. Surely a long list of uh, legendary calls, legendary moments in yeah, baseball. Yeah, in baseball. Uh, I believe that was Don Wagner, the very first one. That was from Game 5 of the World Series in 1956. And Don then, Larson. Don Larson, excuse me. I thought he said Wagner. Uh, and then I believe that was Sandy Koufax's perfect game in 1965. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, uh, the Hank Aaron uh, breaking the home run record in 1974. The 1988 World Series, the famous uh, Gibson home run in Game 1. And then the final call was uh, the final year of his broadcasting career, which was back in 2016 when the Dodgers clinched the division. So uh, some iconic calls from Vince Scully. Some stats here to uh, from Vince Scully. 28 World Series, 20 no-hitters called from Vince, Vince Scully. Wow. And, and the, how many no-hitters have been in the Major League Baseball total? I mean, they've been, We'll get back to you on that. Yeah. 
There has Do been one and one perfect game in World Series history. Only two no-hitters in MLB postseason history. I watched it from there when we had the old TV up in the corner mm-hmm. uh, because it was a day game. And who threw that no-hitter in 2010 in the postseason? Halliday. Roy Halliday is the answer. Oh, okay. I'm ready for tonight. I was thinking I was thinking he's got to be talking about the Braves, so let me go back and there. It's, uh, I found the no-hitter numbers. Since uh, 1876, MLB has recognized 317 no-hitters. And 20 of them, Vince Gully called. That's pretty cool. That's a uh, that's a cool stat. Yeah. All right, uh, man, RIP to Vince Scully, who was in broadcasting for how long? Six, 67, 67 years. 67 years. Okay, we'll talk to um, a play-by-play announcer who's been doing it one year for ECU baseball. <laughs> Can Scooter catch up with Vince Scully? You got to set your standards high, your goals high one day. When I'm long gone, Scooter will still be calling some baseball. We'll talk to him about some softball when we return because all eyes on Greenville, North Carolina. It's the Little League Softball World Series. Scooter will tell us all about it when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has great has a great selection of new pre-owned vehicles, plus offers service to all makes and models in a state-of-the-art facility. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip at to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington and Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Yeah, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Joining us, you hear him on the call for ECU Baseball. You hear him out in Elm Street Park. He is Scooter Scott Rogers joining us here inside the Pirate Radio studios to talk Little League Softball World Series. Exciting time as it's coming right here to Greenville, North Carolina. Scooter, good to see you, buddy. How you doing? Doing good. How about y'all? Doing great. Fantastic. Uh, and it's about go time, right? It is. It's uh, It's been go time for the past well. week or so, but uh, things really starting to get ramped up at Elm Street Park in preparation for the Little League Softball World Series. Have you had any time off since EC Baseball ended? Just a little bit. Not much, but I mean, I wouldn't replace it for anything in the world. Being around Little League is one of the best parts of uh, my life, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Give us an update on the field. Is it a softball field? It is. Here today? Uh, it's been a softball field for about two weeks. Okay. They started on it, uh, I believe, July 15th, and uh, it's in great shape. It's a whole lot better shape than it was last year, and I uh, can't wait to show it off to the world. So, wine guards yourself, all the people involved out there do a great job of keeping up with it during the, the baseball season. When it turns over to a softball field is that all them 
like is that is that wine guards is it them who's who's involved so in chris that? chris ball who is from greenville used to be a uh, minor league groundskeeper has come in and he's pretty much the head groundskeeper for the softball world series mm-hmm. and uh he's got so many connections in the turf management world that he brings in a lot of guys to volunteer and work on the grounds crew for this and then for the last couple of days this year in the world series something really cool that they're doing is we will have an all-female grounds crew for the last few days of the world series which is going to be really cool this year that's neat how long is the process to transition from a little league baseball field to a little league softball field how long does that take it takes about a week i would say to really get everything done uh you know it comes up first thing is getting the grass up from the infield and then with us they actually have to go down about four or five inches where that grass was to make sure to get all the soil and everything out and then they start bringing in the clay and you know really once they get the clay in and get that rolled in once that starts to firm up that's pretty much what it takes the longest but uh you know it was a good process this year and uh it looks great right now scooter give us some uh key dates as far as teams coming in ceremonies uh games what do we need to know yeah so uh opening ceremonies will be uh this coming monday at the town common starts at six o'clock teams will start coming in i believe tomorrow to greenville they'll start going through all their processes which is getting their uniforms getting all their pictures taken doing their espn interviews that sort of thing but uh other than that games will start august 9th and uh you know it's going to be four games every day 10 1 4 and 7 up until you get to the end of the tournament but uh you know we have eight of the 21 games i believe on linear espn networks this year and the other ones will be on espn plus so just to have that exposure for the city of greenville is going to be awesome no doubt so uh, espn is here or will be here shortly they will uh i believe they come in sunday night okay with their trucks and they'll start setting up on monday good stuff and scott you will be to switch gears just for a moment you're going to be doing pa for the baseball little league world series in williamsport right i am i got uh four games up there i got two international and two american games oh man you ready for those names you're gonna have to announce we'll see (laughs) (laughs) that's a challenge in itself so i've never have you you've been to williamsport right yes this will be my uh i believe fourth trip up there so they have and i've never been so correct me if i'm wrong on this but don't they have like a village where everybody stays the teams and everything yes it's called the uh grove is okay. what they do and that's where all the teams stay for the baseball world series okay i don't know i haven't seen one of those here in greenville no. so what about uh teams where they stay and all that stuff so the teams this year will actually be staying on campus with at east carolina when the dorms uh so they'll be on college hill they'll be using a dining hall for all their food and so it's a good partnership that we've had with east carolina it gives them an exposure kind of to that college lifestyle almost to say and uh but east carolina has been great to work with with that i wonder how many girls from across the country will will experience that and say hey i want to go to school here you know right. I mean, you could have some future pirates rolling into town absolutely you know and you know with having a local team in it this year they they will have to stay there even though they do live here locally but you know just to be and you know people that play in the baseball world series will tell you staying in the dorm being around the international teams and being able to interact with them is one of the coolest things so with us having four international teams this year for the world series i think that's going to be one of the cooler things of having that this year yeah 
we had that team here in the pirate radio studios a uh, a really fun bunch so uh, that's gonna be exciting so how many teams total are there we have uh, eight american teams and four international teams uh columbia missouri uh pitt county girls softball little league which is the north carolina state champion who will get an automatic bid to the world series every year uh delmar maryland milford connecticut issaquah washington chesterfield virginia hewitt texas laverne california Bacalod City, Philippines, Alberta, Canada, Bologna, Italy, and Guyama, Puerto Rico. Wow, that's uh, that's awesome stuff. So is it like the Little League Baseball World Series where it'll be usa versus the world at the end or, or how does the bracket work uh the brackets all intertwined for okay. softball with there being just four international teams that they're mixed in a little bit uh but i believe we have one international game on the first day of play i think it'll be the philippines taking on canada that first day if i can remember the schedule correctly so uh they'll be playing the american teams intertwined a little bit depending on what happens in the bracket but uh that is one of the differences between this and baseball yeah and i'm looking at the past champions and i see uh puerto rico and outside of that it looks like all just teams from the 50 states here so is the international deal kind of relatively new or no it's not um i think just less number of teams i guess yeah i mean this year uh they've i think they've always had four international teams for it and this is our first year having international teams with it just being american teams last year with covid concerns but uh you know it's not a new thing i think it's just kind of played out that way where the american teams have won every year and uh other than that one but it's gonna be fun to watch them no, no doubt uh salisbury has represented uh two teams that have won championships mm-hmm. it appears in 2015 2019 those are the two north carolina championships according to my wikipedia <laughs> notes that i've been studying up on uh texas has dominated with 13 championships so that's pretty neat you got two north carolina teams that have come from the same area that have won in the past seven years mm-hmm. in this event and this pitt county team actually had to beat that same league uh, wow. to win the north carolina state championship and the way it works now is the north carolina team that finishes second goes down to warner robins georgia and participates in the southeast region tournament and they came in second down there at chesterfield so just Virginia team. yeah so we almost had two north carolina teams in it this year oh. that's exciting stuff who does north carolina when open up with when does greenville play they will play august the 9th i believe against the west region champion at four o'clock in the afternoon i believe i asked the uh the coach like what would be on their jersey would be southeast but i think he said they're gonna wear yeah they'll have north carolina jerseys yeah. I, believe, I believe they're black uh with a light blue script and white that says north carolina Sweet. across the front good deal all right scooter what's your role uh in all of this coming up uh doing some pa work as well but i am the local media contact for all of the media that's going to be on site this year so that's going to be taking a big uh big chunk out of my days down there but it's awesome you know being able to interact with uh, i think we've got three or four people coming in right now out of state to cover this with the other teams and so being able to interact with them and then doing a few games on pa as well is going to be awesome so you're going to be the malcolm gray the little league softball world series yeah kevin fountain with uh little league international is their director of media relations so he'll kind of be my boss essentially during that he'll be down here uh for a few days during the tournament and then he'll have to head back up to williamsport to get ready for the baseball world series do you, do you have any idea scooter on how much media will be present as far as all these other states you know you got espn so maybe some national media want to get involved in this any any idea on that yeah right now i believe we have around 20 or 25 media outlets that are going to be there so far so it's going to have a good national feel and then like you said espn is going to be there so the tv coverage is going to be awesome all right 
right good deal and the, how much does that include like greenville media like the tv outlets and maybe yeah i believe or... i believe pretty much every greenville media outlet has gotten credentials so far good stuff uh very exciting stuff coming up in greenville north carolina when is the uh, first game again it'll be uh tuesday august 9th at 10 a.m man all right so uh we are less than a week away yep everybody ready out there we're getting there <laughs> the lights are uh musco lighting's been down there today installing the tv lights for espn when they go to linear networks the night games for those they need basically tv quality lights so they bring those in and then uh that was probably the biggest thing going on at the park today now will traffic be disrupted on 10th street when it's going yes so elm street will be closed for the duration of the world series uh so just keep in mind with that if you used elm street for you know your normal travel routes and then uh our general parking lot will be the college hill lot at ecu that big parking lot right at the end of college hill and just use the short walk through the greenway to get to elm street park and you'll be there in about five minutes how much is it uh for a ticket if somebody wants to go absolutely free yeah that's a great thing yep uh and just uh buy some stuff at the concession stands right that's right we'll have uh, our souvenir stand will be open and then one of the coolest things this year is now that we don't have any covid concerns we'll have the fan zone up in what's the normal parking lot at elm street mm-hmm. park so all of little league sponsors will have booths going on up there and so uh there'll be a lot of fun things for fans to do other than watch games yeah so you hosted it in 2021 but it was a very it was scaled down right it so was. does it feel like I don't know, a whole new event almost, putting it on for 2022 with everything happening? I would say so. You know, there's, you know, the stuff that we wanted to do essentially in 2021, we can do now, not having a lot of COVID concerns. And so, uh, you know, there's just a lot of different things you have to do now, uh, a lot more events to prepare for, but it's going to be uh, a really fun week, that's for sure. Awesome stuff. Scott Rogers joining us. Scooter, uh, while you're here, uh, been keeping up with ECU baseball, a lot of guys playing summer ball. and. Mm-hmm uh we uh man we got a lot of great players out there that are having big uh summers yeah i think i need to watch out for my job because i saw uh jacob jenkins cowart last night was doing a little bit of play-by-play for the burlington team and uh jc uh didn't sound too bad on there i'll say when you lose a guy like agnos who's got so much personality and and we lost a lot of you know leaders upperclassmen on this team uh jacob jenkins coward is going to swoop right into that role he's a great player first of all but he's got that personality he's good on a mic so uh, I, I could see him quickly becoming maybe the face of ECU baseball moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's the, he was one of the greatest ones to be around this this season. And, you know, with him just being a freshman this year, for him to have the presence he did around that team, I thought was really good of him. And he's going to be such a fun player to watch over the next few seasons. Need to see Bryson Worrell land with our Atlanta Braves. Yes. That's exciting. It is very exciting. Glad, you know, some team gave him a chance. And, uh, you know, he definitely earned it from this year. You know, it was, you know, a lot of people thought, he wouldn't get drafted which i was i'll admit i was probably one of them just because you know you look at him with him being an older player but just glad that a team did take a chance on him and because he definitely deserved it after the year he had this year yeah they look at that age and just write you off and don't even look any further right to the player and it's uh it kind of stinks but that's the way it is uh with these pro ball teams uh agnos going to the rockies cj mayhew going to the angels organization so a lot of pirates uh getting opportunities here we're still waiting to see 
when something's going to happen with Alec Burleson, it's not going to be a trade. So now it's just, will the Cardinals call him up or not? Yeah, I don't understand how he hasn't gotten there yet, the way he's been hitting the ball. But, you know, with them trading Harrison Bader the other day, you know, maybe that's a, a good sign for Burley. And, you know, this is going to kind of sound bad, but, you know, Burley really needs an outfielder to get hurt on the Cardinals, I think, because if that would happen, I think that would be a big shot for him to get his shot in the majors. Shirley, uh, you keep up with it. Do you know if he's been in the lineup since all this sitting due around the trade deadline? Yes, he actually played last night. Oh, yeah, he, he hit, hit, a, homer a, last he hit night. a homer and a double. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's he's so back he, in action. That was his, was that his first game like back since all this stuff? Because they had I set him out so, in yes. case they were going to trade him. And then he comes back, dinger, double. <laughs> right back at it business as usual amazing yeah and uh it's just uh very interesting i'm surprised that st louis didn't trade him yeah you know well uh, apparently they tried to and uh could have got your guy chandler how you feeling chandler without soda well, we got a win last night against the Mets. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> what was it? Degrom. One of uh, post Juan Soto. Yeah, I saw somebody post the uh, which Bill Simmons came up with this years ago, the Ewing theory, where Patrick Ewing, Hall of Famer, great player, but like every time he was out or hurt, the Knicks would win. Mm-hmm. So like maybe without Soto, you guys would be good. Well, you brought that that question with my Carolina Panthers a few years about is the Panthers better with Christian McCaffrey out because it seemed like we were winning without him in the lineup and that went on for one or two weeks about two weeks <laughs> yeah so uh enjoy it while you can well scooter uh what else you got going on this summer again like chandler asked uh have you had any time off so you've been a busy man right i have i got back uh last week from the little league softball southeast regional tournament down at warner robins georgia was down there for just about a week volunteering for that tournament got back here and started getting ready for the softball world series and once you get done in williamsport it'll be time for the fall semester at east carolina i was gonna say what's give us a schooling update uh, where are you at as far as that goes i got a year and a half left before My i gosh. am finished <laughs> and again we've said that like you i was shocked the first time like i, I knew of you but the first time i met you and you were your age i was like you got to be like a 35 year old man at this point <laughs> but uh you've just been around you've been working been putting it in and uh it's certainly paying off for you man we're happy for you so you got a lot of fun stuff coming up yeah it's uh it's been a whirlwind you know the past year i would say and uh you know it's been awesome to be a part of so many great programs throughout my life not with east carolina but with with greenville little league it's just been awesome are you gonna be out there uh jh rose pa any i will i will for (laughs) football this year that's right it's coming up man so uh it never stops with scooter scott thanks for joining us man uh we'll we'll keep in touch and uh maybe give some updates next Mm -hmm. week on what's going on how long is this event it'll be uh tuesday august 9th until i believe august 15th okay so uh we'll we'll, uh we'll get you back on next week maybe give an update on where everything is going on that'll work all right good deal scott rogers joining us today on pirate radio live we'll take a timeout come back wrap up hour number one more to go prl back with you after this
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is A.J. McMurphy's. AJ says daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock on Wednesday nights. AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. CJ Schaefer hot today with uh, one trivia question answered correctly already. Gearing up for tonight's events at AJ McMurphy's coming out eight o'clock. We'll have a good time. Will that question and that answer be a part of trivia tonight at AJ McMurphy starting at eight o'clock? No. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, what matters at training camp? We talk about this a lot when it comes Nothing. to the NFL. <laughs> Not a thing. I found something else. I meant to bring this up last week with Tony Dunn when we were talking about how nothing matters at training camp. I forgot to bring this one up. Fights. Do- mm. Doesn't matter. Nope. Does, does not matter. Nope. And we had one today. This is kind of funny. Uh, so the Saints drafted a rookie uh, first, uh, an offensive lineman in the first round. Trevor Penning, who made Penning, uh, Penning uh, in the Senior Bowl, he caught a lot of attention because of his feistiness. Oh, really? And, and finishing. Yeah, don't say. And, and, and not stopping until the whistle was blown and causing a lot of havoc on the practice field. Well, not stopping until the whistle's blown is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. He might do a little extra. Yeah. Maybe after the whistle's blown. Oof. <laughs> I like a little, your... A little too aggressive from Trevor Penning. So Trevor Penning today saw this from Dove Kleiman. What does he do? What kind of name is Dove? D-O-V. It's called Dov? It's all this Dov. Dov. Trevor Penning has been kicked off the practice fields uh, for starting a fight at practice. So, yeah, that happens. Uh, he has started a fight at practice three straight days. So, not one, not two, but three days in a row started a fight, and I guess the Saints are like, dude, just please leave. You're wasting time. We got to get these plays in. We're just trying to get ready, and you're trying to fight everybody. So there's He's got that dog in him, man. <laughs> I guess he's got that dog in him. Maybe keep him on a leash, uh, at least until they start playing opponents. But we always see, and they they have video attached to it, and really, there's nothing in this video. It's like no no fights or anything. Yeah. It's just extracurricular. You know but, why fights don't matter in training camp? Why? Because Cam Newton and Josh Norman went at it like a bunch of bullies in school was that the year they went to the super bowl went to the super bowl in that same year yeah classic cam the picture of cam like smiling while he's fighting (laughs) he's got his like his hand in josh norman's face mask and he's just like yeah Uh, just awesome stuff was norman was it norman and odell that went haywire oh god really odell went haywire odell went i almost said a cuss word but ape crap ape crap on the field uh, but these fights in training camp, they happen with teammates. You get tired of beating up on the same guy. Uh, coming up next on your bingo card, I need to start making... For things that don't matter in training camp? I need to start making training camp bingo cards. Uh, joint practice fights come into a field near you soon. Those happen. Do you, how, how do you feel about joint practices? <laughs> Fine. It don't matter. 
That's why I was looking. Oh, is that my answer? Yeah. <laughs> they don't matter. Don't matter. No, I like those. You get to hit on somebody that's exactly. wearing a different exactly. jersey. Yeah. So I like those. Uh, here's something that does matter in the off season. We are in no news is good news. If you get news from your your training camp that does matter, that is not a good thing. Because what are those? Those are what are those? What are those? Those are injuries. That we have seen this week with Tim Patrick, the wide receiver from the Broncos. James Washington uh, got hurt as well, but it's not a season ender. But he's going to be out for a while with Dallas. So injuries is one thing that does matter that pops up in the news cycle from training camp you don't want to see. The other thing is arrests. Getting in trouble. And Hollywood Brown. Has, Slow down, bro. Has been cho- has been arrested, which sounds terrible. He was he was speeding. What is criminal speeding? Criminal speeding. What, can someone define criminal speeding? I would say, here's criminal speeding to me. You're in a school zone during school hours. And going like 30 miles per hour over the speed limit. And going 65 in a 35. In a 35, in a 25. That would be some criminal speeding to me. Or you're going down a neighborhood road. Like, like that slow is, children at play. That is 15 miles an hour and you're going 70 in there. I would say that is criminal speeding. That is somebody that needs to be arrested and you know taught a lesson that you can't do that um as far as on the main roads i don't know i don't know what criminal speeding would be because i mean you're on if it's i say if it's 55 and you're going like 90 yeah i guess that's uh 60 and you're going about 90 that's starting to get pretty reckless i would say so slow down dude slow down you're already, fa- you're already fast in the football field you don't have to be fast in the streets uh so yeah hollywood arrested for speeding i don't think that should impact uh his draft stock in fantasy or his 2022 season but uh, we have discovered today on pirate alive things that matter in training camp injuries and off the field issues injuries and arrests do matter and will always matter um on that note, anything? What's new coming out of uh, your camp there in Carolina? Uh, Baker Mayfield, back-to-back great days uh, in that competition with Sam Darnold. Uh, him and Robbie Anderson are starting to get a connection there. They had a touchdown today. Terrace Marshall Jr. with a touchdown in the quarter of the end zone. Nice fade pass from Baker Mayfield. Matt Corral has been uh, a guy that has been, made a lot of content from fans and once again, don't know how fans are able to video and put out on Twitter. I'm seeing a lot of it, but criminal video, criminal criminal videoing is happening at in Watford, despicable at Spartanburg, South Carolina. But Matt Corral, for just about every single practice at training camp, has been the very first Panther out to football or at, out to practice, um, and is going through a lot. And he's been out to the podium and saying like, even like not taking reps, I'm back there kind of going through plays, going through situations, going through defenses in my mind. There was a video from a fan today uh, of him doing so. So he's doing everything he can. Uh, He's doing the little things that don't matter. It doesn't matter in training camp. When I say don't matter, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It matters to them, obviously. They're practicing getting better. It shouldn't really matter matter. to us as far as... Baker Mayfield throwing an interception on a Tuesday afternoon in August. But Matt Corral, even though he is not in the mix of quarterback competition, 
between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. He is uh, kind of doing what he needs to do to try to get to that point at some point in his career. And by the way, my doesn't matter take is for NFL only. Like if Holt Naylor throws four interceptions tomorrow, I mean, that kind of matters. We need them to be clicking. You heard Mike Houston say today what out of what he wanted to see. He wanted to see the ones playing well, clicking. So if you know keaton mitchell fumbles three times tomorrow i'd be really worried so yeah i mean that matters i'm talking about the professionals that have been there year after year who are just kind of getting their bodies ready and going and making sure they know the plays and everything I, that doesn't matter does the college guys it matters um cj you said you were just kind of disappointed just out of it when it comes to steelers camp like everything happening there right just well, across the board right i don't really care he and said right do you hear what he said he is not he's been exposed not a true pirate doesn't care about tyler sneed and that is very right. disappointing that, yeah Ex- exposed you set me up i set you up and thank you and you were about to say something else and i fell right into it but i had to cut you off before you could say anything to not have my narrative that i, I wanted to put out there i fell right into your so trip. why do you hate tyler sneed hate tyler sneed tyler sneed hater why i don't feel the need to answer this he did catch a uh, pass from Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I mean, doesn't, you, you don't need that. to answer it. In fact, you probably shouldn't, but your silence is deafening. I'll say that, that is on the disappointing topic. disappointing and concerning. You guys as are the he, worst. As he continues to be quiet. Mm. Are you? Can I be mean for a second? You have... You haven't been doing it? Can Clip be mean? <laughs> can, can Do Clip I have a choice? to be mean? I know, but this is like really mean. Is it going? Is it? Is not necessary? Is it? It's not it's necessary. Never been necessary. It's not necessary. Do it, at all. clip. Say it. Are you upset with Tyler Snead because you thought you finally might be taller than a football player, but he's actually taller than you? Oh well, that's funny. Oh okay. Thank yeah, no, that's funny. Are you taller than Tyler Snead? Probably not. If you he's, were, he's five six. I would nickname oh, you. Oh, I am. I would name you Taller Snead. I would hope that you're <laughs> your new nickname is Taller Snead. I like. I'll. I accept. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I was going to say, there's no way that you're. That a five six person is taller than you are. I got one inch. Wow, one big inch. All right, that's um, right. To be honest, though, how cool is it to see Tyler Snead in the black and gold catching balls? Wearing Antonio Brown's cool. eighty four. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> I can't wait. God, I hope he makes the team. Can't you yeah. imagine? T- <laughs> First preseason game, Snead has like four catches. He's like doing the day. And Antonio Brown tweets out, who is this 84? Like, Snead could become trending on Twitter if he does a couple things, and then Brown gets mad that somebody's wearing his number. He is, he is crazy. That's absolutely something he'd do. You're right. Mid-season, That's he, a good like, point. Literally, he takes his pads off and his <laughs> jersey and leaves. I could see that happening. I could see Antonio Brown not receiving the amount of detention, uh, attention he requires at the time and needs to go put something out there. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this 84, this little white dude wearing my 84. Why is my 84 not retired? He would literally say in a tweet, who's this little white dude? Yeah. Who's this C.J. Schaefer-looking dude <laughs> Wow, catching these balls? And What if he said – what if he – he could go the other route. He could say, respect, 84. No, he won't. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> not right. a chance. Try to give him the benefit of He's the He's going to go the Montrez Harrell route. Speaking of – B.A. Uh, white boy. A B.A.W.B. Speaking of Antonio a Brown – is he a rapper now? No. 
What is he doing on stage? Like, I really, I, I'm concerned about this dude. He's getting paid to have fun. Well, he should take some of that money and go see a doctor. Yeah. I get I'm yeah. concerned of his mental health. Like, he can have fun and make money, but... But it's happening during training camp season, so you it doesn't matter. You don't care. Stop acting like It doesn't you. matter. You don't care. Don't act like you care. I do care about people's mental health. You care about Antonio Brown? Tweet him right now and uh, tell him. Mental Anto- health? Ask for a follow while you're at it. <laughs> Antonio. He would, it would be my luck. He responds to me and clowns me. He'd be like, shut up, boy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We will visit with the voice, Jeff Charles. He'll join us on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. A lot more to get to. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a Wednesday. P. Mace, Patrick Mason, going to join us to talk some MLB trade deadline winners and losers and also some Pirate football coming up at around 4.30. At 5 o'clock, our position previews continue with Stephen Igo Today, we'll talk East Carolina linebackers. So that's on the way in the five o'clock hour but right now we'll visit with the voice here on this wednesday jeff charles joins us here on pirate radio live voice how you doing today cliff i'm doing great but i'm thinking a lot about vin scully and his uh, amazing career as most of you know he did pass away last night in california and the tributes are really rolling in today i'm watching uh bally sports here this afternoon and They've done a really nice tribute to Vin Scully's career, and they're playing a game the Tigers are today in Minnesota. They just had a moment of silence for him. And you know what's amazing, Clip, is the fact that he was the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's mind-boggling for 67 years. Huh. He did so much as far as national work is concerned. He did a lot of national television games, a lot of national radio network games. And so I think sometimes we forget, because he is so identified with the Dodgers, as to how much he really touched so many other ball clubs in Major League Baseball. And they were just playing some of the recent, uh, you know, the highlights of, of some of the games that he did, you know, actually in past years. And it, it's amazing. He's got some type of thread with the Minnesota Twins and the Detroit Tigers and, and every team in Major League Baseball because he did so many of their games as well in the World Series or in uh, All-Star games. So, he, he was more than the voice of the Dodgers. He really, truly was the voice of uh, Major League Baseball and uh, lost a great one today. And, and you know how announcers are, Clip, about half the people like him and the other half of the people, you know, listen to a particular announcer and they, they don't like him. Yeah. I can never really remember anybody having a bad word to say about 
Vin Scully, and not only was he a great broadcaster, he was a terrific human being, and everybody liked him, and he was down to earth, and just a quality person that everybody had so much respect for. So, baseball lost a big one today, lost a giant, and on top of the great play-by-play announcer he was, he was a great storyteller, too. Yeah. So, you know, they're just, they just don't come along uh, like Vin Scully. Jeff, I was going to say, and I, I talk to you and say, I tell people I could name a, a coach, a player from any era, any any team, whatever, and Jeff Charles will have a story about it. And when I say that to you, Jeff, that you say, well, that just means I'm old, Clip. But, uh, but, it, but it shows also your, I don't know, commitment to the craft because Vin Scully, you mentioned all those years he was doing it. Sure, he, uh, he had stories to tell, but also he would – he would do his own research. He'll be talking during a bat about what a guy, a story in a player's life when he was 12 years old that he researched and found out. So a commitment uh, to excellence, and he could feel silence like no other and also like a veteran broadcaster knew when silence was best and let the crowd talk. And it was just – I remember when MLB TV became a thing, and you get that so I can watch uh, all the Braves games and everything. And late at night, you, you flip over to the Dodgers just to – Listen to Vince Gully uh, call a ball game, and you didn't really even care what was happening in the game. You just kind of listened to him. And as you well know, Cliff, he called those games by himself. Uh, he didn't really need a color person, uh, an analyst with him, and he worked for years in the booth by himself as the play-by-play announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And again, they just don't come along like Vince Gully and and we all lost a, a giant today, uh, but he had a great long life. I mean, he, he lived to be 94 years old. And, you know, when you look into his personal story, uh, he had tragedies in, in his life. Uh, he lost a son in a helicopter accident, I think, in 1991. His first wife uh, died, uh, and then his second wife, uh, you know, as well. Uh, so, you know, it's... Uh, it's a story about a man who was a, not only a terrific broadcaster, but a terrific human being, too. Jeff Charles joining us. And, uh, Jeff, speaking of baseball, great to have you back uh, because we, we missed you last week. You had an excused absence, and it's becoming a popular one. Uh, earlier this year, Igo missed the show because he went to see his Mariners play in D.C. CJ uh, missed the show to see his Pirates play the Nationals. And then you last week were at a Major League Baseball game watching the Tigers walk off the Padres and uh pretty cool to see uh Detroit play live and get a win Jeff and uh knocking off a team as good as San Diego and um San Diego has has joined the arm race I guess it started with Manny Machado but since then adding Tatis and uh they uh of course bring in Blake Snell and uh they, they make a huge move yesterday San Diego is uh is trying to keep up with the Joneses Jeff with LA with New York and uh certainly hasn't always been that way for the Padres <laughs> no it hasn't they've had some lean years as we both know clip and uh the folks in Detroit were, were joking as I was watching uh, television and radio here the last couple of days that well, it's a good thing that uh, the Padres were in town last week before they added Juan Soto and Josh Bell and <laughs> Brandon Drury because I'll tell you what, that's a murderer's row now when Tatis gets back. He's been injured, but when he gets back and they have that lineup, they're way behind the Dodgers, but they're going to make the playoffs probably as a wild card. But, my goodness, what a lineup they have put together. And and you're right. I mean, for, for years the Padres were cellar dwellers, but they're spending money now and they're acquiring some of the best players in baseball, and they've got two 23-year-olds, as we were talking the other day, 
I mean, these 23-year-old guys are, are the best players on the planet in Tatis and, and Juan Soto, and they're both on one team. So if they get any kind of pitching at all, and their pitching has been pretty good this year, uh, you know, they're going to be a force once the playoffs uh, roll around here. The Orioles uh, trade away Trey Mancini, also their closer, Jeff. But guess what? They just keep winning. And now I think they're uh, going into today a game and a half back of the wild card chase. So it has been that they've, they've passed the Red Sox there in the East. They're in the toughest division, you could argue, in Major League Baseball. But just one and a half back of a wild card spot. So uh, just a, another uh, just tremendous week for Baltimore as they continue to hang around, hang around, and uh, hopefully they're there at the end for O's fans. Well, they're one of the great feel-good stories in baseball this year, Clip, to see where the Orioles have been. My goodness, they have been so bad for so many years. And now here we are in August, and we're talking about them with a chance to make the playoffs, which is, you know, the last few years was unheard of. So hats off to them. They've got a good young ball club. It's very difficult in a small market like Baltimore, and you have to develop your own players because you can't go out like San Diego has done and, and get superstars and sign them to big contracts and bring them in. You know, these small market teams like Cincinnati and Kansas City, they, they have to develop their own players and bring them up through their farm system and, and hope that they get the guys there who can develop and once they get to the major league level, be really good players for them and, and have a chance to make a run. So that's kind of where the Orioles have been. And, uh, you know, some of their scouting department has done well. Their farm system has done well. They've scouted and gotten some really good young players and signed them and brought them up through the system. So we're seeing the fruits of their labor pay off. And, you know, some ball clubs just, for whatever reason, seem to miss in the scouting department and seem to miss with developing their own players. And they just kind of stay in that quagmire where they can't really make a run. Well, you got to give the Orioles organization some credit. They've done a good job with uh, what they've had to work with and now here they are and finally there's some excitement uh, around baltimore orioles baseball to put into perspective the orioles could go over the rest of august all of september and through october 5th at the end of the regular season they could lose all those games and still have more wins this year than they did last year so it's uh tells you kind of the remarkable run they are on here in 2022 jeff charles joining us jeff uh very happy to turn the page to august and get ready for some football we opened up the delcor players lounge on monday and talked to uh eight pirate players had a lot of fun getting to know those guys and talking some football with them mike houston had his first practice today and his first post-practice press conference uh and it's just uh it's about that time jeff everybody getting excited around here yeah, no doubt about it, Cliff. There is uh, excitement for Pirate football coming up. The schedule is something we're going to talk a lot about this year because it's really, really a tough schedule that the Pirates are getting ready to play in. Uh, probably at least four top 25 teams that they'll play this year, maybe five or six, depending on what BYU and UCF do. I mean, they're in the preseason. They're knocking on the top 25. So, yeah, the Pirates have their work cut out for them, but and I think this is going to be the case not only with East Carolina, Clip, but with a lot of teams across the country. There are just a lot of new faces uh, with this East Carolina football team this year. Sure, you've got the holdovers and the guys who are really the core of this football program, but you know, recruiting now in football and, and basketball especially, it's just like a 24-7, 365-day-a-year effort. And the Pirates have brought in a lot of transfers and brought in a lot of new guys this year. So it's going to be the old guys that we're familiar with 
But uh, going to be a lot of new guys going to be playing key roles this year for ECU. So it's going to be interesting. It's always fun. If you can't get excited about the start of another football season clip, you really uh, probably need to get out of the business or quit being a fan because there's always that optimism uh, to start another season and the hopes, of course. And that's where we all are in, in August. And so if the Pirates could somehow, some way, pull off an upset over North Carolina State, that first game you never know what could happen. And I think they're they're capable of having a very good year this year against a very difficult schedule. Yeah, no doubt, Jeff. And, and to just add on to that, yeah, NC State being the opener has got everybody fired up. They're going to have a really good team, and uh, people are coming out with their individual polls and saw them top 10 yesterday. We'll see what the AP, the coaches poll, say later on in August. But they're going to be uh, at the top of the Pirates list when it comes to difficult teams in 2022. And another one, Jeff, that more and more people are starting to talk about, and I guess it's because there's so much time from when we start talking football and really looking at it to the start of the season that you just start grasping for straws. But really uh, heard a lot of BYU talk, Jeff, and how they could be this year's Cincinnati if there is a team outside the Power Five to maybe run the table, maybe have that special year. I've heard BYU from from more than one college football analyst. So that, you know, that's kind of under the radar when it comes to opponents. We think about Cincinnati and Houston, UCF, the tough conference opponents, NC State right down the road. Man, that BYU game late in the year, Jeff, uh, that's going to be a tough one and and who knows what's going to be at stake for both the Cougars and the Pirates once we meet up later that year later this year. Well, let's hope a lot's at stake for both teams, Clint, because that would mean that both teams are having big years and Again, when you look at these preseason polls, BYU's knocking on the top 25 with a lot of them. And they had some they had some down years, and then last year they came back and they had a great season, and they've got a lot of players back from that team of last year. So they're expecting to have a, a really, really big year this year. So that's going to be another tough game. And then, of course, you have the road travel. It's a long way from Greenville, North Carolina, to, to Utah to play that game. And so, you know, it's got the time change and you've got the long flight out there. So that's not an easy game to play. But the uh, Pirates have a little history going out there now. They went out there, as you remember, when Ruffin McNeil was the head coach and then BYU has been to Greenville once and now back out to BYU again for the third game in the series. And then I think BYU's on the schedule in the future to come back to Greenville. Now, I don't know if that's going to change or not with the conference situation that BYU finds themselves in now. So, it's going to be a fun trip out there. I think the Pirate fans, and, and there were quite a few Pirate fans that made that trip to Provo. I think they really enjoyed uh, the trip out there. It's a different culture. It's just a new experience when you go to a game out there. And, Cliff, I think you may remember when when we were talking uh, and the Pirates were out there the last time, there's not much of a tailgate atmosphere <laughs> at BYU because people out there don't drink uh, adult beverages. And so they might be there a half hour, 45 minutes uh, before the game, and they just kind of walk into the stadium, and there's not a whole lot of activity in the tailgate lots. And then what amazed me is when the game was over, I mean, there were like 60,000 people there, certainly in the 50s, as I remember. They seen about 60 at that stadium. And I'm serious, 15 minutes after the game over, the stadium was empty and the parking lot was empty. <laughs> so it's a, it's a different experience, but the mountains out there are absolutely beautiful in the setting with the mountains behind the stadium. 
It's a fun trip, and it could be a real fun trip if the Pirates could find a way to go out there and win. Yeah, as you said, they certainly have rebounded under uh, Kalani Sataki, and his team got blown out by Scotty Montgomery's team here in Greenville. That game in Provo was a classic. I'm looking up the numbers now. Jeff, I think I remember like both teams blocked a punt. It, it was a wild one. Uh, Tanner Mangum who I want to say was playing for the injured Taysom Hill. If he, I believe he was still on the roster, but he was hurt. Tanner Mangum, 332 yards, three touchdowns. Blake Kemp slung it around for 371 and two touchdowns, and it was just points everywhere and a really fun game out there and uh, should be uh, quite the same this year, I would imagine. Yeah, I would think so. Blake Kemp had a great game out there last uh, time, Clip, and it was a fantastic performance. And I remember going down on the field to visit with Ruff and do the television show. And his his junior college coach was down there. And I remember I was waiting for Ruff, so we were standing there talking for probably 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, he was there and just was so fired up with the game that Blake had. He had a terrific game that day, and the Pirates certainly had a chance to win. And you mentioned Kalani Sataki. And, you know, it was not very long ago. He was on very thin ice at BYU. And, being an alum and a former player may have helped him get through some rough spots, but uh, you know he didn't have a whole lot of success early on in his tenure, and then they've been patient with him, and now he's turned things around, and here they are now knocking on the top 25. So it's a fun trip again, Clip, and it's one we look forward to, and it should be uh, it should be a heck of a football game, hopefully like it was the last time the two teams played out there. Jeff Charles joining us on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Jeff, always great to catch up with you, talk some sports. We'll do it again next Wednesday as we'll be a week closer to football. Got the Hall of Fame game coming up tomorrow night, Jeff. So first football game on TV of 2022 uh, here uh, as far as the major pro sports go in the states. So I'll turn it on, at least watch the kickoff and watch some guys tackle some guys. How about you? Are you going you gonna to watch that at all? Um, well, now that you mentioned it, I didn't know it was on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'll tell you what I've been doing. I've been watching the CFL. Yeah. Uh, the CFL games on Friday nights at 9 o'clock on ESPN2. I think the last three Friday nights I've, I've watched uh, Canadian Football League games, and I really enjoy it. And Stanley Bryant, former Pirate from Goldsboro, started his career at Elizabeth City State, then played at ECU. Stanley's back again with Winnipeg, and they're undefeated. And they won the championship. They won the Great Cup last year. And so, Stan, I would think, has got a chance to win another Great Cup this year. They're the best team in the CFL. And, you know, it's great to see him play. He's 36 years old now, and he's still one of the best offensive linemen, if not the best offensive lineman in the Canadian Football League. So, yeah, I get my football fix on Friday night, so watching the CFL. Good deal, Jeff. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you next week, talk more Pirate football and more. And uh, appreciate your time as always, voice. Thanks so much, Cliff. Always great to visit with you and our Pirate Radio listeners, and we'll visit again next week. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Charles joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line today and uh, talking Pirate football, talking some MLB, as we'll continue to do with The Voice until we uh, get up to that kickoff. And uh, looking forward to Jeff joining us once again on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Uh, We've uh, had a good time having him in studio for hour one of our show. Kind of made that a new tradition for home games, so... Uh, hopefully that'll continue this year and uh, getting his insight and love Chandler when he walks in with that big giant card yep uh, on one side he's got the offensive depth chart on the other the defensive and uh, 
just lets me know we're hours away from kicking off another football game east carolina's vin scully jeff charles he's a legend uh no doubt about it all right let's uh take a break we'll come back when we return patrick mason gonna join us we'll talk mlb trade deadline winners losers and otherwise also talk some pirate football we got more mike houston comments to get to from practice today steven Igo joins us in hour three to preview the ecu linebackers and more so all of that and a giveaway still to come on this wednesday edition of pirate radio live about halfway home we got a lot more to go back with you after this listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour brought to you by washington chrysler dodge jeep ram drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to washington chrysler dodge jeep ram on highway 264 in washington at washington chrysler dodge jeep ram.com now back to the show welcome back country mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for all the boat owners. Country Mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Alrighty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Good to have you here on another hot one in eastern North Carolina. A day that the Pirates began football practice and also a day after the MLB trade deadline. Those will be a couple of discussions we have with our next guest, Patrick Mason, who joins us here in the Pirate Radio studios. Patrick, how you doing, man? Pretty good. I like your hat. Yeah, rocking the uh, the White Sox today in honor of Tony La Russa falling asleep during a game this week. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a rough look. <laughs> so he just kind of did a nod off. Uh, but really, like it's it was like, the first inning too. It was the first, first inning. inning. Not a good look. You know, he's fighting sleep, falling asleep. Oh my goodness! How long? I, I know I'm tired. Of, you're tired of thinking about this and me saying it. But how long can this continue? in chicago man it's just so frustrating it's really what it is i feel like the team is just adopting his you know his lethargicness it's brutal to watch two games back because they're in the central so that keeps you in it but they they are 52 and 51 the minnesota twins are in first place uh one game ahead of the guardians so the al central continues to be just a a weak division in baseball. It's been that way for a while now. You've had some good teams come out of it, but yeah, yeah, it, it's just a travesty of a of a division. <laughs> and really, like the, when you talk about the White Sox, like you know, from my perspective, like the only good thing going for the team right now is that they're in that division. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's really the only saving grace. If they're in any other division, they're out of it. Well, you got a shot uh, because you are in that division. Let's talk. Uh, I saw a trade deadline, Patrick. Who did you? Was there one single move? that is going to impact this MLB postseason, in your opinion? Uh, I mean, probably the obvious answer might be Juan Soto moving, but I don't know. You look at the Padres, and they're obviously behind the Dodgers looking up. So, I don't know, but they also added Josh Hader, which I thought was pretty crazy to get from the Brewers. So, they're going to be on the road to start the playoffs because they're not going to catch the Dodgers, right? right? So, 
is it enough i guess the question is can can they beat la in the end of this thing yeah i don't know but that's the thing like things are so different in baseball like the regular season is just you almost throw that out this time last year nobody had the braves winning the world series right and you know anyone can get hot for a three-game series um because that's what the wild card is now three games um so i mean there's a lot there i guess you just put yourself in a good position but like i I just wish like i'm sure there's plenty of other fan bases are like i wish my team were the padres they're just going for it they rebuilt that whole team in a couple years yeah talked about it with jeff charles they became a member of this arms race kind of out of nowhere like they were not a team that usually did this kind of stuff but they had i guess at the time tatis was in the system right Mm -hmm. coming up and then they get machado that was like the first big big moment of this and since then blake snell and and others have gone over there so darvish yeah so they became a a major player in this thing and are going to continue to go for it the problem for them is it's almost like the opposite of the White Sox we're talking about. They're in the Dodgers division. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere else, they'd be looking great right now. Exactly. I, I just think it's kind of fun to have a general manager that just goes for it. Like, I think you're always the winner of the trade when you get that big piece. You know, you're the winner of the Juan Soto deal immediately. It, it kind of reminds me of, like, when Miguel Cabrera got traded from the Marlins and Detroit just—I think it was Detroit, right? They just heaped so many prospects on the Marlins. Hey, we want this guy. I mean— they won, right? The yeah. Tigers won that deal. We saw the Marlins do that twice uh, after winning World Series, where they would have one team for one year, <laughs> all or nothing, win it, and then everybody's gone and they stink again. So, um, this, I was going to say like the opposite of that, like the Nationals. Can you imagine being a fan of that team? With, I mean, yeah, everyone, let's talk everyone, to one. They had yeah. Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, you know, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper. I mean, uh, got went to the Angels. Um, <laughs> Anthony Rendon. 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 Yeah. I mean, they had a squad over there, and they just said, no, we don't want any part of this. Won our World Series and said, all right, boys, see y'all later. Here's a dumb question. Where is uh, Strasburg? Is he done? He's still battling injury, yeah, and I injured. think he's done. I think we've shut him down for the rest of the year. I remember when you got Patrick Corbin, that was a big deal. He is now – let me look at his ERA this year because – Every time he plays the Braves, it's very ugly. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, all of that goodwill from a few years ago gone in D.C., and they are going to do a complete rebuild. Now, they saw the team right down the road do that, uh, the Baltimore Orioles, and <laughs> it feels more like voodoo magic than anything else, but they are continuing to get it done. They're winning right now and are trying to move themselves within one game of the wild card if they can beat the uh, Rangers today. That's crazy, and I think they gave up their closer and their and Mancini. Yeah, and and they're still kind of in it. It's it's kind of an interesting team. <laughs> yeah, uh, Patrick Corbin, by the way, six five seven ERA this Ooh, year boy. as the uh, little, ace of the staff. A little lofty in uh, in DC. Uh, who else, Patrick, made uh, one? I guess yesterday, in your opinion. Um, I think what the Yankees added some pitching. Um, you know, just some of the good teams solidifying a little bit. I thought it was interesting to see the Dodgers take a swing on uh, Joey Gallo. Just I feel like there's not a huge risk. I guess there maybe. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was kind. Of, besides, you know, that big blockbuster with Soto going, it was kind of a pretty sleepy deadline. So the the Blue Jays added an infielder mm-hmm. whose name is what. I, because I, I can't remember. No, it, it escapes <laughs> me now, too. Um, but, and I wanted to bring this up with you, winners and losers, because I saw a tweet that said, oh, Whit Merrifield from okay. the Royals. Yep. I knew it was an impact guy. Um, it said the Blue Jays lost, like, no matter what, they, they didn't catch up with anybody. They got worse at the deadline, basically, <laughs> compared to other teams, which is crazy to say. But for them... 
like the Mariners made a couple moves, but it just feels like and and look the braves did it last year they brought in some guys that nobody really talked about at the time and it ended up working out tremendously for them was jorge Soler one of those guys yeah Yeah, with jock and with um rosario who won the freaking nlcs basically against the dodgers um so it can happen but it almost feels like you know if you're not adding those those top-notch guys you're going to get left behind but patrick you brought it up a good point when you get into those three and five and seven game series like crazy things can happen yeah especially if you have pitching right if you just get a couple guys that can just shut down a lineup for a game i mean that's all you really need and uh i don't know i thought the blue jays thing was interesting with whit merrifield because i don't i just remember hearing like he wasn't vaccinated and if you're in toronto i mean i feel like that'd be a problem well he's gonna pretty much have to now i guess and the yankees made some moves on some guys that were not previously vaccinated that it was like part of the deal that if you come here you know we'll trade for you if you get vaccinated and they're like yeah sure let's go let's do this <laughs> just so, not when you play for the royals though right it ain't yeah. worth it <laughs> yeah if i'm a royal i don't really want to go on a road trip to toronto anyway i just kind of want to chill and spend my money in kansas city <laughs> eat some ribs or something all right patrick mason joining us update on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck the buck the o's have a 2-1 lead against the rangers top of the seventh two men on one out there the Astros all over the Red Sox. Orioles are ahead of the Red Sox in the standings and are about to go up even more, it looks like. Uh, 6 nothing that score in uh, Houston. The White Sox, 4 nothing lead over the Royals in the fifth inning. It is the Nationals and Mets scoreless in the second. Finals earlier today, Tampa Bay beating Toronto 3-2. to It was the Phillies over the Braves 3-1. to the Mariners get a win at Yankee Stadium 7 to 3 and the Guardians beat the Diamondbacks 7 to 4. Busy busy day in Major League Baseball on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk some Pirate football and more with Patrick Mason from the Daily Reflector. More to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. The Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party presented by Bud Light on Thursday, September 1st is approaching fast, and tickets are on sale right now for only 10 bucks. 100% of the ticket sales will be donated to these four local charities, SportsWorks Ministries, Riley's Army, Daughters for Dads, the Heather Ann Partee Scholarship Fund at the ECU School of Nursing. The Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party will feature entertainment by America's favorite 1980s tribute band, The Breakfast Club, plus the world-famous Budweiser Clydesdales will be on site for photo opportunities. The place to be uh, to kick off football season is at the State Theater in downtown Greenville for the best party of the year. Go to PR927FM.com right now to get your tickets before they sell out, and we'll see you on Thursday, September 1st. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. 
Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. It is fantasy football season, gearing up for it. Got drafts later on this month. We, uh, I'm taking part in a slow draft at the moment. Just drafted a uh, Kareem Hunt to the squad, which got Chandler talking. Leave that open. <laughs> we got to talk about this. Chandler was offered a trade uh, involving Kareem Hunt in his league. So Chandler, you're in a uh, keeper league, right? Yes um and you watch football we talk about nfl on the show a lot oh yeah so you know about football big panthers fan you know pretty much what's happening around the league yeah so you keep up with it um not, you, the, not the biggest fantasy guy and that's that's fair yeah but you know fantasy football is just drafting the best players in the league to your team yeah yeah so you don't have to be you could take the biggest like NFL guy that's never played fantasy, explain the rules, and they could probably pick good players. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did you assemble this team here that you have? <laughs> like, what? Walk me through. Let's hear some of the players you got here. Who's, who's at QB? Got Matt Ryan. All right. So, you're uh, not very which, strong which, there. It's not showing up here, but I did trade for Kyler Murray. You have Kyler Murray. Yes. Okay, I like not, that. It's not showing up. So, decent at quarterback. So, you didn't go early there, which tells me you're going to be pretty strong at other spots. So, <laughs> let's hear your uh, running backs. Can we get a wide receiver first? Sure, let's go to receiver because you got to be strong there. Stephon Diggs. That's that's strong. I like that. DJ Moore. Okay, all right. Can we get a tight end? How many teams <laughs> are in this league? Um, Please say more than 10. There's 12. Okay, you get a little leeway there. I'm still trying to figure out. So, who'd you take in the first round? Diggs? Diggs. And in the second round, you took DJ Moore? Who's your tight end? Uh, Zach Ertz. Hey. <laughs> That's a guy. Who did you take in the second round? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I think they skipped you in the second round. <laughs> All right, so we haven't got to your... Uh... I have Dawson Knox from the Buffalo Bills. All right. Well, you only need one tight end. I would... Yeah. So who's your uh, who's your running backs? Um, Latavius Murray. Okay, how did this happen? Latavius Murray is one. Yeah. Who did you start at running back? All right, so there were some moves made last year. <laughs> I think I picked up this guy. I don't, you might have heard of him, Rex Burkhead. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you draft at running back? I just don't understand how a team gets this way. Like, did somebody just fleece you as a, in a trade or something? No, I. Because Rex should be hurt. undraftable. <laughs> <laughs> and Latavius Murray is. This is not a UCF draft from ten years ago. I just don't. I, I don't understand. I'm sorry if I'm well, piling see, on. Here's the thing. I don't either. <laughs> do you need? You need to consult somebody during your next draft. Yeah. How many people do you keep on your team? Uh, six. Oh no. So there's not even going to be anybody for the draft for you to get. Look, my advice, just... Uh, <laughs> I want to quit. Like, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't like... Like, I hate fantasy. <laughs> I see that. Big reality guy. But you I know what? I wish I could quit. I hope some of the people in my league are listening. Well, Chandler... Th- I'm saying right now I want to quit. This is America. You even invited me into a league, and you, I was like, no. Yeah, I saw this team. I was like, we got to have Chandler. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Chandler, you're a grown adult. You can do whatever you want. You can tell the guys now, hey, guys, I'm not going to do it this year. I feel like it's too late now. I've let them on too long. Man, tough times. <laughs> All right. Finish reading off your running backs just for entertainment purposes. 
Uh-huh. So you got Murray and Burkhead in the starting lineup. That's rotten. This is, and then I have Dalvin Cook. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, why wait, didn't wait, you wait, mention wait. him? That, that was my, gotta... that was my running back. Well, why didn't you mention him? Because I, I, that's the first round pick. Yeah, that that that's my guy right there. That's it's Dalvin Cook. All right, who else do you got? Um, ooh, Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's, 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 it, went, it went downhill. Right. I understand this from last year, but again, he should not be on a roster. No. You're taking guys that I had are, to pick him up. Somebody I dropped somebody and then I needed somebody to like and I don't keep up with it, so I think you're keeping up with it too good. Like, like, obviously a, not. There's a lot of people that don't even know these players and you got them on your team. <laughs> I think I want I want all these. You're too smart for them. fantasy football. Uh, Kenny Galladay. I don't blame you for that one, but he stunk last year. Yeah. And you got Robert Woods down there who got hurt. Okay, so it's not as bad as I thought. It's still really bad, but not as bad as I was anticipating. So are you able to keep like Dalvin Cook? Yes. Okay. All right. That's a that's a start. Can you keep Robert Woods? Yes. All right. He's the number one for Tennessee now. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're cooking with some grease here. Yeah. I just I've got some holes in my bat in my battleship. The the running back <laughs> is going to be tough, Jeff. You're going to need. Do you know what pick you have in the draft? Uh second. Okay. You yeah, you got to get best available running back. Which if there's, God, twelve teams. No, I have the first pick. All right, I have the first pick because I finished last. If you can imagine, what? Interesting. <laughs> so you might have to go yeah. with a, a rookie, uh, Brees Hall or something. Yeah. But okay, so but look, you got. I mean, Matt Ryan might not be a viable top twelve, but maybe you can keep him. Keep Robert Woods. Keep. Can you keep Diggs? Yes. All right. Woods, Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Ryan. Yeah. Like oh this, no, no, Murray, Murray, like, Murray. Yeah. So that's four. You need two more. Um, Galladay. You, you could give him a shot, maybe. He could have a bounce back, and then if you want to keep like a Knox or Ertz or whatever. Oh, DJ Moore. Yeah. Can I, oh, yeah. Can I name him? I, I don't think so. You got a squad, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> we turned this whole thing around. You got a team. Just need yeah. a little on there therapy. This is my team to go like week one. And you're not gonna have to draft a receiver. Like you're gonna be mm-hmm. good there for a while. So you just load up on running backs. You don't need to draft a quarterback. Murray's good. You can get a backup like at the very end. Uh-huh. And you just need running back, running back, running back, and and then just best available. So you're in a good spot. Much better than I thought. I'm glad we talked this through. Yeah, me too. Do you feel better about it now? A little bit. Yeah. Now you. Yeah, you <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Is what I am. No, you you shouldn't be. You just like withheld information. I didn't know you had all these good players because you kept talking about Rex Burkhead and Latavius Murray <laughs> and didn't say Dalvin <laughs> Cook. I, I brought it up because I thought it was funny that I've got them. <laughs> it is, but <laughs> you made it sound like those are your starters. No. All right, we're good now. Good segment. That got me fired up. <laughs> Patrick, good to see you. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ECU football practice began today at P-Mace. And uh, talked about it a little bit last week, the storylines, the position groups, position battles uh, going on. It sounds like the Washington kid, the newcomer at corner, uh, had a pick, pick six. six today. So, I don't know. Some uh, any. How about some individuals you're going to be keeping an eye on uh, this week? I don't know. Honestly, like the position battles are probably the most exciting thing about camp. Actually, having position battles, right? Because like there's there's a few spots that are you know up for grabs. Let's run through them real quick. Quarterback, we know, and 
you know mason garcia is going to be the backup so i guess there's a battle for three maybe uh, there running that intriguing though. yeah running back you got your two-headed duo i think it's interesting if we could find out the pecking order behind mitchell and harris yeah yeah just get some you know see what they have behind there but honestly like i think where the the offensive line how they mesh how they kind of different guys where they play that'll be something to watch for sure and they're gonna be it sounds like probably interchangeable so we'll see guys go in and out maybe but the, the starting five will be interesting obviously receiver is one for sure like is winstead the one does cj johnson come back and take his starting spot back or does that go to one of the newcomers does it go to I don't know, like a Taji Hudson, a guy that's been kind of waiting in the wings for a while. Uh, so, uh, receiver's definitely a spot to look out for. Yeah, I think so, too. And that's at least a fun position group to watch. And um, a lot of different things. You know, Coach mentioned, like, four different guys lined up in the slot today. So, I mean, they're just kind of trying out everything and just seeing what, what works. We had Winstead on on Monday as part of the Delcor Players Lounge, and he said his goals were 10 to 12 touchdowns and – he said a thousand yards and then he was like almost arguing with himself he was like minimum that's the minimum a thousand yards <laughs> like that's that's nothing like i'm gonna get a thousand so he has super high hopes for himself to come in and be an immediate impact right away that's what you like to see right just immediately putting his floor at a thousand yards i think that's pretty cool and you want to talk about a guy that works he you know troy was like so uh how was your day off yesterday and he was like wasn't a day off for me like he is he is trying to get to the nfl and is working his damnedest to do that and part of that is having a big season for the pirates in 2022 and the opportunity is there right so yeah it's open and uh and not only because of omatosho sneed gone but mike houston is an opportunity guy opportunity not only does he say the word a lot he who has the best week of practice who has the best fall camp will play that's who's going to play not a lot of entitlement we learned that before you got here patrick remember the harris uh freshman year we knew his name but like all right darius Penix is going to play because he's the old guy and we started seeing harris first game of the season against well, UCF. This kid? yeah and that and then mike houston said all right week two because we'd say all right well who's how's the running back going and he's like we'll see We'll see who practices good on Wednesday. Like so, I think that carries over every year, and it carries over to each position. And that is that's so refreshing, right? As a fan, you just want to see that you know accountability actually matters instead of just yeah, I'm held accountable. But you know, if you're playing good and practicing hard, you actually have a shot at cracking the lineup and playing time. Defensively, I've got a new position group to watch, and I haven't previewed it with Igo yet, which is why when Mike Houston brought up some names last week, I'd never heard of them before. Uh, newcomers at the corner position you got a couple of juco guys that are six two six three who are i've never played here but mike houston brought them up by name last week which always gets my attention so we think that um with mcmillan out you're going to have malik fleming is the name i was looking for step up immediately played a lot but outside of that what do you have at corner some experience there but i think we could see some of these new these trees come in and play that's a position group i'm going to be keeping an eye on this offseason this fall camp the uh corner spot i might get his name wrong but a pre washington well that's the guy today that had the pick six pick six had the first touchdown of of camp and there's two other guys that now he's a newcomer and there's two other guys that are in camp as well so i think come game one against nc state 
we're probably going to have some some new names at that cornerback spot. We'll see. I mean, you remember just Cincinnati last year, how they just dominated with the length of that position, remember? Like, I think it's pretty... Yeah, Sauce Gardner and yeah. Bryant. But those guys were both over six feet, I'm pretty sure, and just, you know, long. And I, that's that's an awesome trait to have. I feel like a basketball coach, you know, you want length. But, you know, that's great at that position. You want it at receiver, and if you can get it at corner. I mean, uh, Seattle made a living off of it with the Legion yeah. of Boom. Mm-hmm. They had those tall corners. And uh, Earl Thomas looked kind of like a little guy back there at safety <laughs> with those taught with Brandon Browner and uh, the other guys they had at cornerback. Yeah. All right, uh, P. Mace, what else you got going on? You gonna be covering any of the uh, little league softball World Series? A little bit. Um, some of the other guys at the office are gonna hit it harder than I will, All but right. I'll probably just I'll write a little cursory story here and there from around the edges. But yeah, that's a that's a big thing going on. No doubt, it's pretty cool to be right here in our backyard. It'll be on the ESPN family of networks. Uh, so you got football every day. That's the uh, the focus right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right back at it. It's kind of fun. Like August hits and you just have like that month countdown, but it just feels like football season's already here. It's a busy time, but also you kind of like it, right? It, oh, you yeah. you kind of know what you got to do every day now. Yeah. I kind of woke up today feeling like, all right, it's game day. You know, like that fresh first day of school kind yeah. of feeling like a little bit energized. Like it, it's definitely a good feeling. It is exciting. Um, Chandler, you have already been invited to two different fantasy leagues. I see that. So, <laughs> and I uh, respect respectfully declined both thank you for the invite but chandler has got his league to focus on so steve and kevin thank you for asking so open season on rex burkhead (laughs) by the way let's let it be known to your league mates you want to hold on to rex burkhead but if the price is right you're willing to deal absolutely (laughs) okay (laughs) give me a bag of chips uh chad asked was chandler present at his own fantasy draft i actually did it at aj's last year before um before trivia online it was i did it yeah I just, oh yeah, yeah yeah i think i was beside i'm not gonna take any blame for this <laughs> but i'm pretty sure like we were talking about it while you were drafted yeah <laughs> well my picks were <laughs> the good players Diggs <laughs> and uh <laughs> dalvin cook and yeah once we got to murray and burkhead that wasn't me all right um we are having to call an audible i've got late notice from one steven Igo that he is unable to join us on this Wednesday. So we, we got two options. We can take our ball and go home. We can fold up the shop. We can just head on out and say, you know what? We're going to let this day win. We're not going to win the day. And No, no, we, we can't do that. We're not going to do that. We're, we're, we're not going to do it. We're not leaving. We are not leaving. We are calling in Barricades the reserves. And in sometimes, in some cases, the reserves are even better than the starters. And Mike Mullis is going to join us. Hour three on Pirate Radio Live. We've also got some Mike Houston comments to get to. And we'll make you a winner. A big hour three on tap. P. Mace, enjoyed it, man. We'll see you out at the practice field and talk to you next week. Yep. All right. And uh, we will be back with you after these words.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, the kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy, all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. We're planning up until last hour to have Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors join us, do a linebacker preview. Had our uh, our intro, our Igo song ready to go, but uh, he is under the weather and has requested to join us another day. So we had to make the call to the most dependable, trustworthy, clutch performer in some say Pirate Radio history. Mike Mullis joining us in the Pirate Radio studios, always on call. And he's here today. And Mully, we appreciate you. Instead of talking about linebackers, you got a linebacker. <laughs> we got our LB right here. And it was kind of like a quick turnaround, too. I was thinking that Mully would be on the phone. He's in studio. He's here. No, I was at the pen. I was getting hot. I had a feeling. So I was already about halfway. You were tentatively scheduled to start tomorrow. Yeah, you know what? In, mo- <laughs> well, and I actually looked at this as like, this is being called up like the 3 o'clock hour. I mean, it's come on. Right. I mean, this is freaking prime time, man. I dreamed about this as a kid that maybe one day I would get to make the five o'clock hour. We had our oh, train- actually, you know what? I used to do that all the time. I know you did. Yeah. The the three headed monster of uh, Troy D, Harry Smith, and Mike Mullis was uh, uh, that was that was fantastic radio. You know, it's kind of funny you mention that. I have had people mention that to me, not in the recent past, but right. in the not too distant past about that. Uh, about what a great job i did on that show and molly uh you, you usually you're you're the guest here you're here to talk you didn't say a lot uh turn those things no there was not much opportunity there wasn't a ton of oxygen in the room it was <laughs> it's kind of being sucked up and recirculated well i'll but. tell you what today we're gonna use you we're gonna Sweet. we're gonna use that arm good um and yeah to use a baseball term you were re- re- ready to go tomorrow pretty rare for a guy with a scheduled thursday start has to throw although it's kind of like East Carolina baseball, right? When yeah, Cliff Cowan needs a guy. You got to go when they need you. You got to have multiple roles. Just be a team guy. Molly, uh, what's going on in your world? What are you looking at as far as uh, we got some golf news? I don't know if we should start there. Is that a surprise, though? Go ahead and tell the folks that maybe just getting off work and haven't had a chance to see it. Of course, if they have a a, a, uh, a cell phone or whatever, it, man, it's just been blowing up on you know every possible form of sports media it's a new chapter to the lift tour versus pga tour uh you have golfers and i guess i, I don't know why phil mickelson gets the headline i guess he's the, he's, the biggest name yeah he got the most money uh mick well he, 200 million until he loses it okay I see. no i'm saying he got the most money from live oh okay 10-4 uh football season is approaching a lot of games to gamble on is all i'm saying but yeah we'll see how that goes for him no <laughs> Phil, Bryson DeChambeau, and nine other golfers uh, who have been suspended by the PGA Tour for joining the Live Golf Tour have filed antitrust lawsuits. Uh, They have filed a suit against the PGA Tour. 
what they want to do is be allowed to play in wherever they certain want to play. event where, okay where they, want to, they want to be able to play wherever they want to play they're yeah. only allowed in majors right you know yeah, well yeah right now to the world golf points catch up and then they they won't be eligible for the majors what's interesting about that to me is these are the same guys who are like hey i want to spend more time with my family you know i i don't want to play as much well you're suing for the right to play more yeah you know, it's kind of – I wish somebody would just step up. And I think Brooks Kepka has been the closest to just saying, yeah, man, it's freaking about the money. A lot of money here. I mean, let's just let's just say, you know, it is what it is. I did watch an interview with DeChambeau uh, yesterday just kind of – and he's not my guy. You know, I've never been a, a big DeChambeau fan. But um, I saw him speaking, and so I stopped and listened. And he, he's obviously a very well-spoken young man. But he uh, alluded to uh, right then – that there was some litigation that was going to be coming very soon. Oh, really? Yeah. So the question becomes, which one is settled more quickly, this or the uh, the Deshaun Sean Watson, Watson appeal? Yeah. I, uh, I look. I have to say, I, you know, the more you hear about it, and 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 I, of course, I play pay probably probably play pay a little mm. closer attention. Wow, I'm still not completely loose. <laughs> uh, that but, was uh, in the dirt. Yeah, that was. Cancer. I skipped that one. <laughs> that was a wild pitch. But I, you know. There probably is merit to the fact that there was a quote unquote monopoly. I, I mean, so how does this work? Molly? It was the deal. They PGA Tour makes the rules they want to make. Now you're going to have a unbiased, I guess, impartial party look at this and make a judgment on. Yeah, it's the Deshaun Watson 2.0. That's how it works. They're going to say whether or not PGA has the right to do this. Well, and I don't know if this will be, this could be, an, with it being an antitrust deal, I'm no attorney, but I would think that would bring in some federal legal implications <clears throat> if, you know, if any other business has a monopoly or you run into an antitrust situation, it's litigated at the highest court. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly where it goes. I, I, it's right. My brain, I can't really wrap my brain around it. So what if they say this is wrong by the PGA? I mean, they can't that, force them. Like, can they take fines for like, do they get so he, fined I mean, he, or how does it work? Here's what it boils down to. The players are saying, and, and the PGA saying uh, that the players are independent contractors. Okay. So anybody in the just the construction world, because that's the easiest example, understands that there are standards to have somebody as an independent contractor as opposed to an employee. There's a, a percentages of their schedule that you can control, their income that they make, blah, blah, blah. Well, the players are contesting, hey, our whole life was built around playing on PGA Tour, right? We had to play by their rules. We had to do what they told us to do when they tell us to do it. Well, that almost in and of itself is the opposite of being an independent contractor right right so that's where they're making their point <coughs> excuse me i think that the counterpoint from the pga is going to be where well, you could have gone to europe you could have gone to there are there were other places that pga tour members were allowed to play and still be standing pga tour members it sounds i don't know it sounds it, it, petty it sound, on the pga part to me well i and, and what, this again, we've said this, uh, and, and I've, this is to me is a great talk over beer. PGA and the NCAA are going down the exact same path, right? Like they're 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 always they've always been the only show in town. They've, it's almost like when I look at the NCAA, the NCAA needs the NAI to exist to avoid being a monopoly. Because anybody could say, "Well, we're going to move our athletic department go play NAI stuff." But PGA really doesn't have that option to play at the same level for the same money in the United States. 
And what's happened with the NCAA thing, it's gotten kind of out of their control, right? They tried to just control everything for so long and do it one way, and now they control what? Almost nothing. Basketball. The tournament. The tournament. That's it. Yeah. I mean, arguably. But, I, I, you know, it's – I don't know, man. It's 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 a further sign of the apocalypse of professional sports and sports in general that we're – you know that we we've kind of just become accustomed to it's it's almost like well you know here, well, here goes another one you know here here's another you, you know can you believe it? and it's interesting phil mickelson has been such a lightning rod in this deal um i will tell you and i'm sure you guys didn't see it but it, if if anybody out there google up the uh the trophy from the last live tour event uh it's kind of uh kind of ironic and i'll i'll let you look at it and then you can chime in on that a little bit it's cj uh this reminds me a little bit of like wrestling where oh are you busy at the moment um so you've got like these aew guys that can go and wrestle at other events and independent but you don't see wwe guys do it is that because the wwe could like well why would they why would they go anywhere else if 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 we started a wrestling circuit tomorrow. Well, not all these guys and gals are getting paid but the top w- dollar wwe is going to pay them more than anybody else is going to pay them and that's what the pga guys are saying hey just because they're paying more we should still be allowed to go play up to this point nobody's paid more yeah i don't know when i hear the independent contractor thing i think about wrestling and how, how did, you that fi- works. did you find that trophy uh, yeah so the the conspiracy and and actually there was a side by side of how much it looks like the twin towers after 9-11 the when if, if you see the side-by-side comparison <laughs> and it was it, it literally is eerily similar so after one of them falls after down? It, it you know you know the shot where there's just the the kind of the, the, the metal frame. the metal skeleton still yeah. standing yeah it, it is eerily similar uh and it was almost you know the the conspiracy theorists are that that is the saudis uh taking an opportunity to to say hey you know that's who's backing this thing. What? But it's it, it, if you could find. Well, I believe a former president Trump said they were going to get to the bottom of nine eleven. Right? Didn't he say that last week at the event? I, I did not hear that. Yeah. But if you it, also Google the side by side, if you can find it, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It it is kind of crazy. It's almost like it's almost like it's too similar. Like somebody should have said this probably isn't the right trophy for this event in the U.S. You know, let's have a little feel, right? But yeah, it, it, again, those that can't see it because we're on radio, but it's it it is kind of interesting. All right, yeah, I'll see if I can find that. Um, interesting stuff there from the Live Tour. All right, uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson. So, what is this appeal about? Is it about adding games to it, taking yeah, away P- games? PGA saying it wasn't enough. And the wait, NFL. I'm sorry, the yeah, NFL. Okay. Right. And the uh, man, I'm still not hot. The uh, the uh, the arbiter in that deal came out and she made the statement that it was egregious and violent and uh, but that they they never um, you know they they were doing it off precedent of what had been done in the past and so she felt like maybe her hands were tied or they you know had to kind of go with go with what was out there right instead of saying hey I, I think he should and I, I don't know maybe she would have said I think he should sit a year or have a lifetime ban I don't know. Uh, but the 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 and I look, man. I think the fallout, even when you hear former NFL players uh, coming out talking about it, they're not being very kind on this ruling. There's a, there's a, the overwhelming sentiment is that this is awful light. 
Yeah, and you've got Calvin Ridley out for losing a parlay for the, an entire season. Right. Uh, so, he's, so that's the first thing you do. You compare other offenses. To well, that, that's the precedent. Yeah. And the precedent for gambling is just that. The precedent for a positive marijuana test is just that. The precedent for abusing masseuses or a you know a a a lady that's that 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 has been gravely under punished Mm -hmm. and so the precedent is continued under punish all right we'll see what happens with that i saw somebody say today that if this thing gets tied up and it's under appeal does that give watson a chance to maybe play a month from now against the panthers well and that's the other thing kind of going back to the pga deal they're suing now hoping for an injunction because the FedEx playoffs start not this weekend, but the following. Oh, so it's so, not even about like next year's match. No, it, about- they, they want an injunction to be able to allow to, to play in that because there is a lot of money that moves around that thing. Oh, and that man. would be the ultimate mud in the eye of the PGA is that that injunction goes through. Uh, we'll just use Bryson DeChambeau is allowed to play and he ends up winning the FedEx Cup. This is kind of gross to say. I'm not <laughs> proud of myself, but you get all those guys playing in that, it makes it way more inter- you know enjoyable for me. Just oh, with no, all of the well, I don't think drama. I, I know. It doesn't feel right to say, but everybody else is going to agree with me probably. Yeah, no. I, quite frankly, it's better golf if they're there. That That's one part uh, point, of it. Yeah. Point, point blank. Yeah. But it is an interesting storyline. And, and you're going like, to have Live versus PGA on the same course, and it's starting to feel like wrestling. Actually, well, and, and you know the 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 kind of the theory out there is that the 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 Live Tour is going to choke the PGA Tour out, like the PGA Tour will be no more. I, I don't see how that nah, happens, but but you see, I mean, the Live Tour went at Tiger, and Norman came out and said they offered him like seven between seven and eight hundred million dollars. That's crazy. I mean, obviously. Even for Tiger Woods, that's crazy. At this point, I'm a little surprised Harold has still stayed with the PGA. Who knows? That that could be uh, a, a Michael Jordan decision as as, as the brand guy. Um, it could be Harold's decision. Because, I mean, you, you pre-live, you could just talk to Harold or listen to him in an interview. And, dude, he's living his, truly, right. he's living his best life. But once you get to, like, there's always more. Like Sure, but I don't, I, I, I think for some of these guys, it does mean an awful lot to be a PGA Tour member. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when you look at the live guys, largely it's kind of a land of misfit toys. It's dudes that are on the back end of their I career. I was going to say, how many young guys have made the jump? They've gotten really? a handful. Okay. They've gotten a handful, and that's the big fear, if you will. The big concern now is them going down into the college ranks and, and mm. getting, you know, getting Get those the next guys. Big guy or whatever. Correct. You know, kind of very USFL with Herschel Walker kind of deal. Let's <laughs> go out there and throw a bunch of money at him and you know see what happens so i it is interesting again it's you know like we talked earlier it's the ncaa stuff is not necessarily what you want to see but man it's a lot of fun to talk about and this is much the same mike mullis joining us here on pirate radio live in the big hour three our big time guest today wow uh naming the lights let's take a break we'll come back uh more to go with mully also at the end of next segment we will make you a winner got a giveaway for you coming up here on prl more to go after this
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, are creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank, Arlington Boulevard, Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Got a giveaway for you coming up at the end of this segment. Shirley, uh, fired up about some uh, Top Gun going on? Your your double Top she Gun? She decked out. Uh, you know I do like to accessorize from time to time, yeah. so... She I've went got, to the danger zone. Yes, I did. <laughs> you uh, you saw the movie and really enjoyed it. I did. It. I thought it was fantastic. Molly, same? No, I thought it was okay. Oh, that's right. You were poo-pooing it because everybody likes it. So yeah, I didn't poo-poo it. I just, I just thought it was okay. Am I not entitled? To, maybe, maybe I maybe overhyped. Oh maybe God. I have a higher standard. Here we no, go. I don't think it was overhyped. Don't do the am I not entitled to my opinion. Of course you are. You gave it. Well, then stop. Am I not entitled to say anything back? No, not when I've I've bailed you out. All right. Stop, 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 stop. Better movie, Top Gun or Maverick? Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun. You oh, gotta go okay. with Top Gun. Now, in terms of some of the the it, terms of a little bit, sure. Some of the sequences in the movie, like if you were to take pieces of the movie and kind of compare, there are scenes in Maverick that are better, but the first one's always going to be the best. I think it's fair to say the movies were closer in quality than we should have expected. Yes. Oh, right. Because yeah. you, you reboot, you bring something back. It's like, man, why are they even doing this? Just right. let the, the legend live and, and die in peace. But they brought it back and people like it. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Now I'm going to say something uh, kind of gross here. Great. <laughs> there was a scene in the first Top Gun that I saw when I was a kid that was too much for me to see at the time what the guy's shirtless playing volleyball that was okay put you over the top playing with the boys was fine but there was a man and a woman together and there was a tongue and it was like it went way up the chest and it was too much for me to handle (laughs) (laughs) well i can say that they didn't have one of those in that's what i was curious about Did they bring that scene back? No, they did not. Do you not know bring the scene, scene I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Okay. I know that scene quite well. All right. Just wondering if I've that was a part of the movie. I've seen the movie a time or two. All right. Any comment, Molly? Uh, You're good. Move it on. All right. Move it on. Uh, let's see. We were going to talk linebackers today. So I was prepared to talk about some of my ECU favorites. Like uh, Shirley, I guess we got to go back. To Is my- this the top 10 deal again? Because if so, nope. I could leave. Nope. I mean, why even say that? Why? Why say that? Well, calls. I mean, it was. It's. it's we, that was a great segment. Was that good? That was a success. Segment. Yeah, people liked it. We posted it on our social media. Makes platform. people think. Hmm. Who about be in my top hmm. ten? A lot of hmm going and on. Guess what? We're going to go back. We're going to get uh, in mid season and it's, go back and look at our top and kind of re update. Hey, now who's most uh, important right now that we didn't have earlier? That'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, got to go back to Mofo Shirley Rhodes Morris Foreman. Uh, yeah. Steve Carr, to use the name from the 90s. I'm, uh, a lot of people say Quentin Cotton. I'll say Pierre Bale. I was going to say P. Bale. 
underrated uh fred wilson underrated from the skip teams early skip teams but uh i don't know molly ecu and otherwise favorite linebacker oh ecu and otherwise i i i I obviously have not grown up following ecu like you guys did some of the names you named would be the ones i would go to uh favorite linebacker of all we had a uh, pirate to a packer linebacker george coons yeah yeah uh my probably favorite were we talking outside or inside let's uh let's go in the middle first uh would probably be um god i hate to even say this because it's it's giving kudos to troy d but i'd have to go singletary the eyeballs hey that dude just just played so hard i like this kind of party yeah, I, it, and so that was to me like that Bears team was so much fun to watch. The Giants then were so much fun to watch. LT, yeah, I mean, but like Richard Dent was awesome. Uh, McMichael on the D line, you know, obviously Mongo. McMahon. You had Walter Payton. I mean, it was just limitless. I watched. Uh, it was one of the I think my second game I ever went to Washington versus Indianapolis. Richard Dent playing out the string late in his career. Uh, got into a fight after an extra point, got kicked out of the game, and gave the crowd the finger. And it was just a great moment. That's like, perfect. This is awesome. That's man. perfect. I love this. That's perfect. Um, so were you going to say LT, was he outside linebacker? Yeah, LT would be my favorite all-time linebacker. I mean, how can you – if you if you've watched football at all and you're anywhere close to my age, how can that not be your guy? So that, the athletes we have on the field in sports now – it felt like LT was that oh, he thirty was so years far too early. Ahead of his time. Yeah, I don't know about too early because he had a pretty good career, but it was no, he, no, he no, could no, definitely no, yeah. play now. Sure, I mean a hundred percent. Yeah, and just uh, an absolute freak and a freak off the field as well. Well, he had some tendencies. It, he was a guy that you know he could pin him back and come get the quarterback, or he could drop back in coverage and carry you know cover a slant. Or hey, he was just a great football player. Around the same time as so he's in New York. Doc and Daryl are in New York mm-hmm. too. Right? Yeah, I'm sure that was a party scene if they ever got together. What a wild time to be a New York. That just sounds fan. like I don't even know if Club 54 was still open, but that sounds like a great Tuesday night at Club 54. I bet the Knicks player like they didn't they couldn't do anything and get headlines well, who would have been there. yeah who would have been i was trying to think like it was I pre i don't know I, again i'd have to defer to you with the nba stuff mostly but my nick starting the 90s when oakley and ewing and yeah. those guys were there yeah. uh all right so a couple of big name linebackers there luke keekley for me luke luke keekley well that's a, that's a generational pick and the guy, seven. I don't even know if he would make the top ten all time linebacker list. Just, I, just well, probably top, not, top but top he'd top. make top fifty. He'd make yeah, top. okay, well, that's yeah, okay. That's way too many. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying, Molly, you want to uh, unveil your top ten here? Yo, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else, Chandler? So how about who has the record for most tackles in a Super Bowl game? Oh, Dan Morgan. Dan Morgan is correct. Nicely done. With the Carolina Panthers. Uh, The Panthers have had some good LBs over the years. Thomas Davis. Uh, John Beeson. Big Beast. uh, Thomas Davis surviving three different ACL tears. He's had four different legs. Sam Mills. In his life. Sam Mills, who is a Hall of Famer now. Molly, you remember probably the uh, the Dome Patrol. Uh, It was Mills. Mm, Yeah. Jackson, Pat Swilling, Pat Swilling for the uh, the Saints. Yep. Their uh, line that's a cool nickname too. You know another guy I really liked and kind of had a, a not a great 
not a great NFL career, but I used to enjoy watching Datton win. You remember that dude yeah. played at Texas A&M yep. and went Cowboys. to the Cowboys? I loved him in college. Just kind of because he could play sitting around hitting. Yeah, he could play safety. He could play outside. He could come in the middle, and he would just light you up. And that was back when you got what was it? You, not you got Moss, but you got uh, what jacked was up. Jacked up. That was man. That was one of my favorite things about Monday night was watching you got jacked up. <laughs> I know. And now it's basically outlawed. Chad Moore's favorite linebacker, Mully. I bet you like that guy. Oh yeah, Kevin, Kevin Green action. <laughs> you still, you just, you have to find a way to tie the WWE into everything. The rest I of guess. Uh, Kevin Green, a uh, wild man for the uh, Steelers and later the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, good stuff. He was a good player. What about your eulogy to uh, Vince Scully? I know this is kind of a turn. Oh, I yeah, I. First off, nobody should be surprised that, you know, 94 years old, right? And and this is a life to be celebrated. And, yes, he was the voice. I think the next one in line that, you know, age-wise and that holds that standard in my mind is Jim Nance, that, that, that you tune in to hear that. But Jim Nance at the Masters is special. I think Vince Gully was kind of that. For a lot of generations of baseball, you would tune in to listen to him. Is Al Michaels close to the top? Of I, I don't. I would say yes. I, I, I agree from a stature standpoint. I think the Masters uh, has you going Nance heavy. I mean, which is for good reason. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You know, his his deal is pretty cool. But I, yeah, Scully. Uh, I mean, what a great life, and, and I mean, he he was a, is completely an icon, and uh, you know, again, and I'm not a a, a quote-unquote broadcaster i mean i do the show whatever but but for a guy like that to have an impression like you go yeah that that was a guy like that was like uh you know that was like a five-star dude you know he he was definitely a difference maker in his art incredible cory glower put it perfect on twitter uh last night vince scully isn't on broadcastings mount rushmore he is the mountain. He is the Zenith Sports Broadcasting's North Star. I think that would be Zenith, maybe. <laughs> Zenith. Sorry. What did you say? Zenith? Zenith. Yeah. I would have liked to hear Corey say that. I was wondering why you weren't, and I guess it's because you don't want to be in poor taste or anything after a man passes, but you could have done that as Corey Glore. Nah. All right. Not not the time. Can maybe you, maybe next week. Can you say Zenith? And Zenith. <laughs> Thank you. I told Corey one time, I said, if I had a voice like you, I would like I would just take pleasure in going to Bojangles. <laughs> yeah, let me get a uh, four-piece Supreme. Let me get the four-piece Supreme. <laughs> Sweet tea. Chandler's not old enough to remember Zenith uh, televisions, I guess, back in the day. Wasn't wow. that a thing, Molly? That's a stretch. Oh. Wasn't that a brand? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I do remember. All right. As you Google it, you remember? <laughs> I, need, I, I need to see how it looks. Well, you need to touch it. You need to feel it. All right, uh, training camp's going on. East Carolina practice underway today, Mully. So we're getting in the football mode. Been talking to uh, a lot of high school coaches. Talked to JP2 coach uh, Sean Murphy yesterday, playing some eight-man football, Mully. So before we get too far down the football path, let's also realize yesterday was the trade deadline in Major League Baseball. Yeah. So anything make you happy? Anything make you butt hurt? Mm, Bud's feeling all right. How about the Padres? What are they doing? When did they become this? Well, I don't even know what they're doing. What's the? Uh, do you have an issue? I, like I can't figure out. It's like they're making. It's a good thing. I, I don't. Is it? Yeah. They're making a bunch of noise in a vacuum. Like they, they're not going to beat the Dodgers. They don't have the pitching. You. No one's got to try to compete. I know. Yeah. That, that's. They'll have a chance to compete. The Braves shouldn't have beat the Dodgers last year. They did. I would agree. But I, I, I just, I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's like, 
it does feel like they're doing a lot and it's not going to have the outcome they desire no it, it but you got to try you got to i'm glad soto is not a dodger or a yankee i'm glad there's another team doing this how about but like i look at machado that just doesn't seem like it's worked out real well. I know he's had some health issues and other He's been things. good this year. He has been good this year. But it's, I don't know, it's, I remember us talking about it when Machado and, uh, it was you Darvish and we got Blake Snell. And we thought, I thought, man, they, you know, they're for real and they, you know, they, they, um, they brought on my guy, uh, um, manager. Darty fired him. Anyway, I was all fired up about the whole thing and it just kind of, yeah. Yeah, and last year it was the Giants who won all them games and the Padres didn't make any noise. And this year they are in second place. They're not going to catch the Dodgers, so they're going to be on the road to start the playoffs. So So would your Braves have like a what six and a half? Well they what's their lead? Oh, uh, wild card? Yeah. Yeah, it's I haven't even looked. I'm just I'm looking up at the Mets who are winning right now, about to go back up by three games. Yeah, but you know, as long as you're there in the postseason. I mean, like, you know, anything could happen. Obviously, they proved that. Braves made some more mini moves yesterday, Molly, which weren't a huge deal. They got the Iglesias from the Angels in the bullpen. How many guys went in reasonably sized trades yesterday that you were like, I, there were a ton of names. I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, I was that was way. a bunch quite a of bit. them. And it was like, man, I wonder, you know, I'd Google them and go, okay, well, this. I literally, I was in the office working on some stuff on the computer. I had to turn my notifications off because they were just boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. It was happening so Trade fast. For you. Orioles lose their closer and Trey Mancini. They win again today. So they are one game out of wild card yep. contention. Oh, yeah, that's nuts. It is crazy. Uh, names I did know from yesterday Whit Merrifield goes to the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. He Did he play here against CCU with it was the Jackie Bradley team, yeah, yeah, and he, he had the game-winning hit to win the national championship. I think for South Carolina, he may have. He's, I mean, you know, and Whit Merrifield's a guy. I don't know how, exactly how long he's been in big leagues, but he's been there for a long time relative to the average tenure of a big leaguer, and just kind of wasting away in KC, kind of. Yeah, I mean, and wasn't that's kind of the deal there? You know, KC there for a little while was another team that kind of got you excited. And then they petered out. How about the life of a pro athlete, a baseball player, Mully? Mackenzie Gore gets drafted. You're our guy. You're the future. Gets a lot of money. Plays in the minors. Pitches well. Gets called up. He is like, he goes to the top of the odds for rookie of the year. Has a little setback injury traded. I mean, he's had a whole career in about a two or three year span right now. I I, I think the that is a was a huge key in that trade. I still think his upside is tremendous. I do too. And Bell, I, I'm going to be surprised if Bell's numbers or his impact will not be bigger than Soto by the end of this year. Now, over time, Soto number one doesn't stay healthy. I mean, the, for the, the best ability is availability, and he, you know, if he's not there, he can't help. Bell, I like Bell in Pittsburgh. What has he really has he done, dude? He he can rake for I both know, sides. He can, hit the, he can hit the baseball. I mean, and that's that, that's the whole thing. I you know so and has good defense too. Well, when you look at that lineup top to bottom, you would go, okay, these guys are. I just don't think they've got it in the bullpen. Yeah, I just don't think there's enough arms there. But and once you get in the playoffs, you don't see a lot of eleven to seven games. No, you correct. See three to two, especially not if you know if the goal is to to you know beat the Dodgers. Good luck. I mean, that they, they could just roll one at you every night that you're, you know, there's just no let up. And Mully, we saw uh, Burley get like four or five nights off in a row as they were trying to work out a trade, I guess, for Soto. Uh, 
but the cardinals can never work out that deal burley plays last night for the first time in a while home run double like well see so i'm curious uh you know hater they made room in the outfield Mm -hmm. the cardinals bader yeah bader bader hater went too yeah uh but bader and i'm going well okay but i I don't know if 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 there's a contractual deal man the major league baseball contracts are next to impossible to describe unless you do that every day even if burley could help them there's something in there that says we'd rather start paying them next year Yeah, it's 30 days it's it's like a month before they could bring them up and then all that money rolls over to next year's contract right is the way i understand it but so you may see him in the big leagues before long i mean i you know I, the, the question that everybody asks is is you know where's he going to play and i'm like well i mean he's doing a pretty good job playing the outfield in in triple a baseball uh, he's obviously killing it at the plate i mean they'll 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 take the deficit from defense to to have that type of offense and quite frankly that's where the game's at anyway so um you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how this thing shakes out for him. And what, and what do the rosters do? Do you know, Mullet? Don't they expand? I guess after the minor league season, that's you can right. call up a few more guys. Right? That's right. And so. then you have the your postseason rosters. Yeah, which decrease. They they so they have, increase. You can, and then... you can carry more guys, but you have less active guys. Okay, right. you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, Mullet, good stuff, man. Thank you for uh, filling in with us today. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate anything it. for you guys. We'll uh, we'll give you tomorrow off because you. Oh, got some. I already got my schedule set. <laughs> well, I mean, you I'm just kidding. Come back and start it with us. I'm out. I'm out. I, I, got, I got nothing else. All right. Uh, Mike Mull is joining us. Shirley Rhodes, open up that booty bag. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. By the way, Shirley, yesterday, in uh, your absence, Chandler Honeycutt gave away a uh, shrimp taco. So mm-hmm. take that one off the list. All right. So, what are we giving away today? Oh, how about a $10 gift card to Familia? Guess what I had last night? Familia. They have buy one, get one pasta. And I believe I saw they're doing it again tonight, but let me make sure. Back-to-back nights with uh, buy one, get one BOGO pasta. It is, uh, it's on tonight. Last night, I went with the spaghetti and meatballs. God, that looks good. And the um, chicken Alfredo. Bad news. Forgot to bring in my leftovers to work today. So sitting in my fridge. I do have to tell you a quick BOGO story before I go. Dear friend of mine, Kevin Perry, we're looking at a board one day having lunch or dinner or whatever. He, for the life of him, could not figure out what a BOGO burger was. <laughs> What's it, on the BOGO burger? It completely confused him. And I'm like, no, Kippy, that's buy one. Get one. Yeah. No. <laughs> why, why you called him out by name and everything? Oh, no, because anybody that knows him... It, it absolutely understands that. Next time you see him, uh, do a bojo, BOGO joke. BOGO. All right. Thank you, Molly. Familia, caller 12, Shirley? Caller 8. Caller 8. 317-1250. Back with more. And Mike Houston comments after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. Hey, congratulations to Steve Hill of Greenville. Picked up the $10 gift card courtesy of Familia. Familia is your place for great Italian food. And whether it's great New York-style pizzas, homemade meatballs, lasagna, chicken parmesan, or the delicious homemade desserts, Familia is a winning play every time. For dine-in or takeout, make Familia your go-to play when you have a hungry team. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. And as we head back in to the show, Clip, I have a stat to consider for you. Stat to consider. Thank you, Chandler. Uh, the Orioles beat the Texas Rangers 6-3 to today. In the last four games, the Orioles have outscored the Rangers 21-7. to Wow. Uh, so there you I, go. I love a good football score. And there's one Two right touchdowns. there. Two uh, touchdowns. Also, the Orioles, if they lose out, which I mentioned this with Jeff Charles earlier, and they're not going to lose out because they just won. Um, but if they were to lose out the rest of the season, all of August, all of uh, September, and the start of October, they would still have more wins this year than they did a year ago, which is crazy. Just shows the kind of year they had last year and uh, the awesome year they have had this year. So go birds good stuff all right let's uh get back to football day one of ecu football practice played uh some mike houston earlier in the show let's uh hear more from him now and uh let's hear cut seven shirley uh houston was asked if anybody from practice uh that impressed him compared to last year anybody stand out today the two running backs i mean they look like the the two guys i know uh you know i thought holton looked really comfortable and really really uh you know composed out there i thought macy o'donnell made uh, several plays today that i was uh really pleased with i showed some some great burst um and i thought uh you know for his first college practice marlon gunn i thought a couple plays he showed some great burst uh i thought some of the some of the guys on defense of pre-washington had a pick six uh first first touchdown in the team setting today was a pre-washington with a pick six uh, you know, and uh, I thought just, you know, Miles and X, and, you know, Jeremy, Manny, I thought those guys, they looked like the, the you know, the, the experienced guys that they were. Sounds like the veterans came in and were ready to go on day one. That's a good sign. Mentioned uh, Raji there, the, the running backs, and uh, thought he looked, uh, they all look in good shape, but thought uh, Raji looked a little leaner maybe hmm. on Monday when we saw him and uh, ready for a big year this year. Uh, Coach Houston was asked how practice number two is going to differ from practice number one. Well, it, it won't be practice number one, you know. So that's you know, you'll you'll lose some of that first day excitement, but hopefully uh, you know you still have that second day excitement. But we'll still be in helmets. Um, you know we'll uh, you know we'll move forward with our special teams install tomorrow. So we'll have more special teams in practice tomorrow than what we had today. Um, you know continue with our, our our install and offense and defense. And so it's just you know you start building. You know, and the thing that, uh, you know, we focus on is, you know, we're here today, you know, we want to be, you know, just a little bit better tomorrow, you know, 1% better tomorrow. And if you can do that every single day and stack those days, then you'll look up a month from now and, and we'll be a pretty good darn football team getting ready to play uh, September 3rd. Yes, sir. And uh, big day, it sounds like Thursday for the long snappers, Chandler, putting in those special teams. Yeah, Alex Harper transfer from NC Central, still a sophomore, so still got uh, 
uh plenty of years left here at east carolina i actually grew up an east carolina fan so uh coming to uh where he always wanted to be and uh with slade roy going to the sec in lsu so looks like alex harper will have his chance to be the starting long snapper for ecu but what i was going to bring up i'm ready to see who is going to be in the return game for east carolina especially with tyler snee gone and uh how exciting would it be if we see like someone like a keaton mitchell back there returning kicks um but that that's a kind of a risk yeah with a guy like keaton mitchell who is your star running back well we saw some of that with chris johnson yeah and that's who i was thinking about too the the electrifying returns that he had and but like i said it is a risk with injuries and but how exciting would it be to see keaton mitchell break one off uh september 3rd or uh, such a weapon you, you almost yeah you want to see him back there at kick return you just want to i mean he's going to get so many touches in the offense do you do you have another guy you trust back there that can not only hold on the ball but is as fast like keaton mitchell I assume they're going to go a different route. I there. think some names we've heard in the past in the offseason. Heard a lot of receivers. Uh, Josiah Hatfield, maybe, yeah. who's got a lot of speed. Um, and then in the punt return game, I think Malik Fleming was a name that they threw out there. So, um, yeah, very excited to see who's going to be returning punts and kicks. We have uh, a history of our best player in special teams. You think about, say, returning some kicks and punts. Justin Hardy was a punt returner but was basically a fair catcher like he never returned a punt yeah and Dwayne Harris some people complained about that I was okay with it because we had an offense that would score 35 a game yeah so why risk it and then Dwayne was the most electrifying guy never had a touchdown never returned a punt for a touchdown but would cover like 50 yards of return because he would go all the way across the field he would get you in good field position every yeah and uh all-time favorite there uh chandler once we're done with the position previews with the igo we'll have chandler honeycutt's long snapper preview so prepare for that it sounds like you're well prepared for it already yes you can just repeat what you said a moment ago i guess i will do that because there ain't much to say cut nine uh shirley what do you want to accomplish this week before you put the pads on well i think you know acclimating to the practice and heat you know, i think you have to do that acclimating practice and heat you know, really getting everybody operating on the same page, you know, snap counts, moving together, you know, working together, you know, communication, you know, all the stuff that uh, is so, so important because, you know, when you add in that element of, of full contact, you know, sometimes you see guys go brain dead, you know, and it's so, it's so important to, you know, to really have guys, you know, as prepared as possible for that first day of uh, full, full contact. All right, uh, C.J. Johnson back. Uh, Coach Houston talked about his decision to bring CJ back on the roster. Cut twelve, Charlie. Oh, he earned it now. It was not a very comfortable spring in June. Um, he did everything we asked him to do. Uh, he understands the mistakes he made. He was, uh, you know, remorseful. Uh, took care of the consequences. Um, so July one, he was fully reinstated. Uh, I think he's done a good job since then. Uh, kind of keeping his mouth shut and uh, you know letting his actions talk. Uh, I thought he had a solid first day today, but uh, you know it's uh, one day's not going to do it. You know, he's got to he's got to earn back a lot of trust with a lot of people. Uh, but uh, you know I'm, I was very pleased with uh, how he took care of himself this summer and uh, how he's how he's been so far. And so if he can stay on that path, then he's going to be just fine. All right, um, saw a tweet from former East Carolina quarterback and tight end Brian Gag. 
and i will just read it and uh i don't have much thoughts on it because i don't know all the inside info uh he said today all about all for second chances and it's great that cj is back on the team to contribute this fall but why was the same opportunity not given to holler and many others who were told to hit the road after only one violation of team rules seems as though houston has two sets of rules so brian gag coming out tweeting that today and uh again i don't know all the details on all the transgressions uh from the players but brian gag uh speaking his mind which he is able and willing to do it appears it doesn't matter that doesn't matter that does not matter all right thank you put it add it to the bingo card all right uh shirley let's take our last break we'll come back get ready to wrap up a wednesday edition of pirate radio live we'll see you back here in uh, let's say four minutes You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Bud Light, sponsor of the Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party. Coming up September 1st. Also, uh, the Bud Light pregame tailgate not that far away either we'll tell you exactly how many days tomorrow on the show mm-hmm. when we open up the david price construction countdown to kickoff thanks for tuning in today enjoyed it hope you did for shirley road cj schaefer the chan man i am clip brock we'll see you thursday three o'clock for an all-new edition of pirate radio live so long everybody thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation